following program may be explicit. Eye for an eye is the way that we're rolling. Now we got some more bass requiring a toll. We will shock you. We will all you. You will never understand all the hurt that befalls you. Opportunity attack. What's that, bitch? I got a big back scratcher. You a bad edge. You a weak fight. Like a flea bite. And we'll kill you like a pony on the prom night. You never knew what hit you in the lock. Wait, click. Think of something like a sinner in a check check. Little pamphlet. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for Happy Jack's RPG Podcast Season 17, Episode 15. Yay! 15. 14. Woo! 14. Don't correct me. Okay. <laughs> My name is Stu. This is Stork. This is Jib. This is Gina. And I'm Kimmy. And I totally missed that shot. See, yeah, we need to direct it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. Run the camera. Uh, Orcon 2016 takes place... 2017. 2017. Don't correct him. <laughs> Oh, look at that. New rules. All right, Never correct. Uh, New rules. President's Day weekend at the lovely Hilton LAX Hotel. Lovely? Yeah. Okay. It was, it was fantastic. So uh, in this episode, we're going to talk about ways to improvise left turns. <clears throat> we'll talk a little bit about Gateway 2016, our recap. Jonas Larson writes in about always saying yes. Tim from South Africa writes in with some great mood-setting techniques. And we have a listener yeah. in Africa. In now. Africa, yeah. all, I saw it. that's all continents now. All continents, mm-hmm. North, like and all incontinents. Incontinents. <laughs> <laughs> incontinents. That's uh, us. The Penguin GM asked for some GURPS help. Yeah, Penguin uh, GM, right? So we got help. Okay. Uh, Gaz, the dungeon master, asked about dealing yeah. with scared players and Alex in Huntington Beach writes in with a horror story narrowly escaped but first audio is quite distorted I'll turn it down a little bit let me know if the audio gets better yeah we're still fine tuning this here yeah listen, literally we finished setting this up about 20 minutes ago yeah. well yeah. like 10 minutes ago do we want to spend a little moment talking about yeah, this let's talk about this a little okay. yeah we can so we can. Um, this is operation why problem make when you no problem have you don't want to make? So we decided, obviously, the best way to make our podcast yeah. better would be to make it super more complicated. Yes. Yeah. So um, in true Happy Jack fashion, <coughs> we didn't do things halfway. We decided to go all out and change everything all at once in one week. Okay, so we have new cameras. We've got three cameras right now. We're hoping to add a fourth eventually. Let's right. see if I can do this. I can switch to the right one. All right. There, go ahead, Kimmy. All right. So um, <laughs> we've set up the cameras. We set up lighting in here, so it's nice soft lighting because cosplay. And then because uh, <laughs> over fifty, <laughs> not you, me. Yeah, yeah you. <laughs> over fifty. Um, and we have individual mics for each person. We've completely moved it into a new room of the studio. So this is the ge- the room we usually record our actual plays in. This, so, is the, this is the room we actually game in. Yeah, this is our actual gaming room. It's much more comfortable in here, sitting at this table, than especially since that you guys closet. painted the walls. We yeah. painted, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we and we have plans. And if you send in more Happy Jacks fan artwork, then we're going to put that on the walls yeah. partially. Um, so we have lots of plans for all this stuff. We're going to put the logo places. Um, it's gorgeous. So we have new cameras. Oh, we also have new mics. And new mics. N- new everything, right. pretty much. Okay, you guys got to remind me that I'm wearing this thing. Yeah. So when I get up to get a beer. Yeah. That I don't tear yeah, the entire thing apart. Or to get rid of beer. Or yeah. to get rid of yeah. beer, right. which is going to happen. You guys, oh, no. are, And when it happens, you can't say I didn't tell you. Where did the beer right. fridge go? The, the beer oh, fridge is, is over there. Okay, very right. so, camera. So if yeah. you're hearing weird distortion things with the with sound, it's because mm-hmm. we're still getting used to all of this. We've, yeah. We've, yeah. You know, if not, don't just change one thing. Change everything. Right. Yeah. right. And I know that we're kind of known for the, the audio quality of our podcast. Please hang in there. It's 
you know, we started our podcast in, in August of 2009. Oh, God. So um, we've had many years to kind of perfect the sound in that room. Kimmy, you yeah. were like 19. No, I wasn't quite 18. But everyone, 17. yeah, I was 19 at that time. <laughs> I was 19. Um, but give us a little bit of time to kind of perfect and play with the sound. Literally, the last of the equipment was delivered by Amazon at like 5.30. So it's a little little rush. But Feedback is good, though. So it's it's walk and roll. <laughs> This is what we really look like. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and we still have to remember not to talk over each other, even though we don't have mics in front of us. I don't know what this means, Subloid, but he yeah. says still pegging the mics. Are we still pegging the mics? Yeah, it yeah. means it means. But it was better. But he try said, turn it down yeah. one more. It, it means you're you're hating the distortion. Part. My mic is mic. still a little hot. It means these mics are hotter than we're used to. Yeah. Well, I I don't I doubt it's and on I the think, board. I think it's because we're on camera. We're projecting more. Like we're thinking of performing. Well, this room's very live, which yeah. is one of the things we're going to work on. I'm also thinking right. I'm talking to you, so I have to actually yeah. talk to you like yeah. you need to hear me. Yeah. Which you do, yeah. as opposed to almost whispering into a microphone. Right. Right. It's very intimate when you're talking to a microphone. This is going to be very weird. Now, my soundboard's not working yet, and I can't figure out why. <laughs> oh, that's a, sh- oh, that's a damn shame. Kimmy, yeah, you got, I gave you the 20 bucks for thank you for disabling this. There we go. It might have actually been my daughter, because I let her borrow the... <laughs> so she gets my money? All right, she might get your money. Oh, no. So, uh, I don't have my sound effect for the tip of the week, but we have a tip of the week. We, we do, in fact, have a tip of the week. Just a jib with the tip of the week. Here, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> It's disturbing when you do it. Please don't do <laughs> okay. that ever Someone again. says, God damn, the video is so much better. Yeah. Right? Cause, right? Because Stu actually went out and spent his own money and bought cameras over Well, a lot of it came from the Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Patreon. Yay, yeah, supporters. And also, we have a uh, Happy Jack's wish list on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And uh, much of it came from that as well. I, you know Excellent. what? We, we sit here every day or every week and we talk about stuff. And it's astonishing to me that people are actually out there listening. I know, <laughs> I know that there's stuff. It's like, right. Like it's on the right? forum. It's like, what the I, fuck? I figure it's my brother and his friends just spoofing me. I don't actually know that there's actually people out there. So when this stuff shows up, I'm astonished. I know. And it's amazing. Every and time. They were really, I mean, like the, all the lighting came from them. Yeah, the camera, like everything. So thank you guys. If you helped with this, it's thank amazing. you so much. We yes. hope you're not disappointed. Give us a little bit of time. <laughs> yes. We will yeah. be worthy. Luffy was like, <laughs> no soundboard. <laughs> canceling my Patreon. Aww. No, he's, he's joking. There's, There's a soundboard. It's just yeah. off camera. And uh, Orc Boss says it's not the mics. It's the, uh, I just can't hear over Stork's shirt. Oh. <laughs> I was going to wear, I was going to wear my. Uh, it's the most. You have to tell me so that we can all be on the same, <gasps> same we'll page. Yeah. Had, yeah. had I known. There can be a dress code. Memos. Memos, memos now. Yeah. That's we should all get the same color as this gray, so yeah. it just disappears. Just heads. <laughs> we paint everything, everything heads. black. Like we all wear black yeah. turtlenecks. Yeah. Like one be heads. One all right. green screen. Okay. So tip of the day. I don't remember not to talk about people. All right, go. So when you are preparing to run a game, plan or at least think about every eventuality that you can possibly think might happen. And then understand that none of that is probably going to happen. Assume nothing. That's a very good tip of the week. You know what? I had a tip of the week coming into, and it's similar to that. And mine was, we talk much about story with GMs, that you you presume too much with stories. But also, about people showing up. About the expectations as a GM about what your players are going to take away from the game. If you show up with a bunch of baggage... A bunch of things that you expect your players to to have in the mm-hmm. game, whether it's story related or not, just like whether they're going to have fun, you're setting yourself up for 
failure. Well, one of the things that we talk about in apocalypse world-based games is play to find out. That's so yeah. awesome. Um, don't assume how the story is going to unfold. You, you know how it's going to start. You know the seeds that you've planted. But play to find out what's going to happen. And the story is not something that the GM is telling. The story is something that grows out of the gameplay. I actually want to uncouple it from the story. Mm-hmm. My thought was, when you show up at a game and there's one person, don't blame yourself. You're there to bring, this, to bring the game that you bring. design and bring it every time. And don't blame yourself. I, I was disappointed with my performance at the, at the con. I was disappointed with the way the game that we were running played out. And yet my players seemed to have a great time. There was expectations in my head about what I thought they should have as opposed to what they had. Can so, I tell you, though? I can't quite reach you and I don't yeah, want to yeah. rip the tablecloth. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> High five to you. Yeah. Um, I, I just thought that was a very real moment in that podcast, and I very much appreciated it because I think that's part of running good games is is not just that you, you have to remember that, and it was good that you did because all those folks had fun, but you gave yourself some some feedback. You well, were like... I think as a GM, it's my responsibility yeah. to make sure that they have the best time possible, and I didn't think I, I brought it. And I, Dave probably isn't talking to me anymore. He's probably very mad because... because I, <laughs> I No. Because he's I talking came up there and basically said... He's talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it, it, wasn't Dave's, it wasn't Dave's fault. It wasn't, I, I blame myself as a GM that I thought that we ran a subpar game. The players still had fun. I thought I could have been better. And so what I'm saying is, regardless of the story, as a GM performance... I think I could have brought more to the table. I, I can totally understand that. My my game on Friday at the con, um, I only had two players. Now, Bad Streets started out, its initial concept was a buddy cop game. <laughs> so it will totally do a two-person buddy cop game. Okay. problem is I had never done it before uh, as a buddy cop game. It worked well in theory. And it threw me. <laughs> and it threw me. And I, was, I felt like I was off my game for the whole game but as a result. A, but that's apocalypse. But, but that's the thing. Um, you know, so but see, you're still hung up on story. I'm hung up on the fact that I don't think I brought them my best. Well, no, that's that's what I meant. I don't think I brought my best to the game. All right, on on that Friday game. So, I guess my tip, coupled with yours, which is, as a GM, let yourself off the hook. If your players say they had a good time, believe your players. Because I think I shut yeah. them down. I think I said, no, you didn't. You're just all my friends. I think they you actually did not had have a good, good time, time, sir. I, <laughs> you, you no, did. sir, you, I GM the game. I was there. You, you people you, don't you know what you're talking about. You did make that statement. <laughs> However, the way it, it... I was sitting in the audience yes. at that point. And the way it came across to me at that moment was, you may have had a good time, but it was in spite of me. Yes. And, and I think that that was um, a little overly self-deprecating. I wasn't in the game, but... Um, even even if it wasn't your A game, the players had a good time. Okay, that's and that is the takeaway from that. And and again, which is not to be not self critical. You can't just cavalierly go, oh, any game I throw is going to be great. You, you <laughs> do need to be self critical and go, oh my god, that was a piece of shit. And 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 self correct. Then again. Why problem make, make when you know no problem, problem have you don't, you don't want, want to make? Well, yeah. but also, We're not allowed to say that this you week. You also need to allow your what? players... We're not allowed to say that this week. Why? <laughs> you also need to allow your players <laughs> to give you feedback and believe them. When, you're, when you ask yeah. your players, did you guys have a good time? And they say, oh, yeah, it was fine. You can't say, no, you, you guys are lying. 
<laughs> well, maybe you can. But, You're wrong. But you didn't. You just think you did. You didn't like that movie. I hate. <laughs> it's the same thing. I think, I think it's much the same thing that all authors go through, which is, which is, I this is not my A game. Uh, it, it's or an athlete or or anybody that is doing a performance, a show uh, that is in competition. It's not a competition. That's, I don't want to put it that way. But you know what I mean. It's a it's, performance. It, there is an element to it. Yes, absolutely. And I and I felt like I let let my players down, mm-hmm. and I felt like the, the that sh- that game should have been better and could have been better. And it's not Dave's fault at all. Dave Dave brought it. Uh, I okay. So my tip is <laughs> my GM <laughs> tip is don't beat yourself up. Good tip. Do what you can at the time yeah. you can and. And then and self-correct, and, and certainly it will be, be, next time. be honest with yourself. You need to, and and take the feedback from yourself and from your players, and use it. Don't beat yourself up with it, but use it. I'm guilty of beating myself up with it. Really? Yes. Shocks. I know, right? I know, right? I think I think we it may all be, except for maybe Stu, who. What has no, the confidence of? <laughs> oh no. no, I beat myself up of an angry white male. More, <laughs> I think you're more pragmatic about it. You're less stern and drong. You're mm-hmm. you're just like. Well, I. That probably comes from uh, having to deal with editors. To, here's oh, your yeah, work. Absolutely. Here's an editor. <laughs> well, that this sucked. That that was horrible. Over here, this whole paragraph. And, why were you thinking? And they don't have time. Why did you bother write these five hundred oh, no. words? They don't no. have time to couch this stuff. They're a lot just, of times, it's not, it's not even presented. You get a piece mm-hmm. of paper back with a bunch of red ink on it. Yeah. So I mean, you just learn. You know, if you don't like taking criticism, don't, don't major in journalism. You know, it's, it's not. <laughs> interestingly enough, it's not other people's criticism that that wounds my wounds my soul. <laughs> Sorry about that. Reflex. <laughs> And that w- that 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 bur- burrows into my psyche. Mm-hmm. It's my own. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And when we all go to bed and we think about the things we should have done, or should have said, and could have done, and way they made it better. Yeah, that's the shit that keeps me up at night. Right. Stuff stuff that keeps me up <laughs> at night. Well, and I think too, <laughs> it's really um, it, it, like it sticks out to me more with con games, especially when you run in the same universe or in the same system or. Uh, general idea a lot like you guys do your freak show stuff a lot um, you, you tend to notice the differences between individual groups and different games right. more so you're like oh that one was really amazing now this one's not quite as amazing as that last one is it me is it you know well, it's really hard then I tend too. to blame myself if if watching okay watching Dave because give his all when he does a game and yes he's probably the extreme because mm-hmm. he, he is he's as much a fan of his game as a player, and he brings everybody along with him. Yeah, he's so dynamic; it's over the top, it, and so in the moment. I think as a GM, your job is to make sure your players are having a good time. And uh, yeah. granted, I'm terrible at reading people's emotions and feelings, so sometimes I project stuff or think that they're doing things or think they're having a good time or they're not having a good time or, or they are having a good time. I just don't know. It can get; it's a slippery slope. But my job is as a GM to give these people the best time. They they. Took time out, signed up for my game, spent a lot of money. I want to give them the best show. Now, whether it's a con game or not, they drove from Orange County to come here, sit down, spend time for five or six hours. I want to give them the best game I know how to give them. And I feel awful when I don't. Uh, we, we're performers. When you're hungover, oh, yeah. you do a, your, your throat is scratchy, or you just do a bad show, you feel bad about it. Yep. You're like, I did. Yep. these people if paid a care. lot of money, and if I gave care. them a bad show. Yeah. And that's how I felt about this last con game. I mean, it wasn't Dave's fault. It wasn't the, even the, the... I just felt like I was not giving them my all. 
I should have been able because I felt like they weren't having a good time, and that's on me, not on them. Mm-hmm. As a GM, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we jump into mm-hmm. emails and, and topic and whatnot, I want to mention. I want to bring uh, something up. Good. Um, there is a Kickstarter going on right now. Um, called the World of Ataltis, A-E-T-A-L-T-I-S. Um, Stu has the link. You can put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, a fantasy world that grew out of a book called The Champions of Ataltis, which is a, a book of short stories and novellas, many of which were written by luminaries in the fantasy liter- literature world. Uh-huh. Um, it's a great book. Um, but um, the, they need some help because they want to do a Taltus as a game as a game setting, and they're writing it for Five E right now. Um, so they've got this Kickstarter going. They got thirty two days left on it. Um, but the stuff that they're talking about doing is just spectacular. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a really um, great um, setting with a lot of uh, vibrant uh, characters and a lot of lot of great things going on with it. So. Um, go out to Kickstarter, give it a look, and if you like what you see, throw them some love. There you go. And and send that. Send me the link so I make sure I put it. Uh, I was in the email I sent to you earlier. Okay, right. Yeah, excellent. Awesome. All right. uh, Ways to improvise left-hand turns. This is not just how to improvise because that's a difficult thing to teach. We kind of talk about that once in a while, anyway. Mm -hmm. But we all know that when you've come up with you know, solutions or you've sort of tried to anticipate all the possible routes the party might take, they always choose another one, right? And we often have to improvise in some way. We make it up out of whole cloth or we move something or modify something. And what I kind of want to talk about is the danger of improvising a scene breaking immersion. Mm. Okay. And ways to avoid that. And the the, the the first example that comes to my mind is in our uh, Vampire the Masquerade game. Uh, very first episode, uh, you had the newspaper, and at the bottom of the thing, there's a little thing about, oh, the 50th anniversary of this <laughs> bar is coming up. And you should be used drinks, to that by now. If you have the newspaper, we're going to hit on the bear. They're going to hunt the bear. And that... And, and, Clearly, the party was very interested in this woman. Well, one person was. So I made I made her more interesting. Now, at the time, I don't think I let on that I was making that stuff up. No. Nope. No. And and I think for several sessions I didn't let nope. on, but eventually I did. Had I brought that up during the session, I feel that that would have sort of broken the mystique of. Oh, we've uncovered, we looked at this thing and we uncovered this little thing here. And, oh no, he's just basically being nice by saying yes Mm -hmm. to the thing that we wanted to do. Right. So I want to kind of talk about ways that we can present that kind of information to make sure that we don't break that immersion and don't... uh, Telegraph it? Yeah, telegraph or or, uh, otherwise give the peek behind the curtain that might hurt or break immersion. So getting up and going to the bathroom is a telegraph. When you have to think about what it is. No, because you might just have to go to to the bathroom. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Good. Um, So here's kind of of my spin on it. Um, We are always going to be end up in... We are 
often going to end up in situations where we are making up what's going on. Mm-hmm. We're just, it's, um, yeah, I had no idea you wanted to go talk to the coroner. Makes perfect sense, but it didn't occur to me. Okay. Um, but here's what you did in that circumstance, and this is why it worked. Because you took this thing that you said, this is trivial, it's it's just filler space. I had two column inches to fill, right. and I filled <laughs> it. You filled it. But, but Tim jumped on that and said, this matters. Right. You made it matter. Mm-hmm. You took that thing and you made it matter. So whether you, you are going from something you prepared and something you thought out in advance, or whether you are making this up on the spur of the moment, because the players decided this mattered, you make it matter. Absolutely. And whether they know you're making it up or whether they don't know you're making it up, it's still going to work. Well, I think what I, what what I kind of want to talk about is how do we make sure that the players don't know that you're making it up? Confidence. You see what I'm saying? Confidence. Confidence. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I, I think... Being a good BS artist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, and believe... Sell it. Yeah. Yeah, sell it. Believe in whatever you're putting out there. Um, don't when somebody says what is their name try really hard. just make up a name mm-hmm. like don't go to the or random name list. generator yeah. or or yeah just have some because you could ready. be looking you could be looking like I'm looking up this list of where I came up with it's actually this the NPC names yeah and I'm not saying it always matters and that it destroys the immersion but like if you want to keep that like everything that comes up is real and purposeful at any hesitation you have to be able to improv. And be confident about the choices you're making. I, I know where Stu is going with this because he had the. It's kind of a flawed example because he has the luxury of having that happen at the very first session. So once things <laughs> ended, he was able to go back and prep. Mm-hmm. Well, let me give you another. What do you do? Let me give you another example. When they do it in the middle of a story. Anyone who's running a vampire game, <laughs> <laughs> let me just say. Yeah. By the way, let, let me I'm, switch to the camera. I'm I'm learning how to do the camera thing. Yeah. Nice. Give me a second. All right. <laughs> Whenever you're running a vampire game, <laughs> it's it's not on you anymore. No, it's it's a long shot. That, yeah. uh, oh, Don't a long... correct me. That's awesome. <laughs> 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 Whenever you're running a vampire game, always figure out who the town coroner is going to be before the game starts. <laughs> yeah. Don't know why, but they're going to want to talk to that guy. Maybe a lot. It yeah. might have something to do with him being. Undead fiends of the night. Yes, it may it have something. To I do don't know. It. Maybe I'm wrong, but it you know. It, well, he's up all night. You're up all night. Who else are you going to talk to? <laughs> that was another character. They're like, we want to go talk to the coroner. Oh, well, this is a large populated town. I'm sure it has a coroner. So what I did, I, I gave them what I thought was going to be a real, a genuine character. Yeah. And I, I, I gave him a name, and I had a list of names. I just gave picked one of them, and then I thought, you know what? I'm going to make him just like the coroner in in Dresden. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Butters. 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 Yeah. I, he, a, a kind of nebbish, a little bit socially awkward, but kind of funny in a very sort of it's gallows also, humor kind of way. It's also much like the the coroner in like CSI too. He's sort of weird and disconnected, and or even Bones, which is maybe a, on the spectrum. Yeah. Right. Um, I think. And that, and that, I think that, that you just hit on a kind of a key point. Draw on things from media that you are familiar with. Yeah. To characterize that person, that NPC, that you know thing, whatever it is, um, to give it some depth mm-hmm. and give it a little bit of, of 
of goneness, a little bit of weight, a little bit of mass. And I think that is something that is going to give your improvised scene the sort of weight of a planned scene is when you hand them what appears to be a fully developed NPC. Right. It's like, oh, look, here's this dude I've obviously been spending time thinking about, so clearly I was... Rayleigh, he's important. He matters. <laughs> All right, so so um, GM, GM horror moments, Stu, yes. uh, Jib, uh, even Gina. I I don't run long running games. You've had me in games. Uh, you've had Stephen <laughs> in games. Yeah. Profes- professional wrench throwers. When when our characters go left, what's the worst thing that we have done? Maybe not even me. Somebody has done, and how have you managed to make it work? Because uh, I can only think of a handful it, of times where I caught you Steven. off guard. It wasn't Steven. It was Kurt Hanna. Okay. Uh, I was running a murder mystery set in 1950s New Orleans. And the player characters were all friends or associates of the murder victim. Okay. So the game starts with them being interviewed by the police. Not as suspects, but as, you know this person, what... Uh, Don't change it now. I just got the mic suggested. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um... um, Keep talking. Not as suspects, but as you know, this person can you help? You know, shed some light into why somebody would do this. Kurt Hanna is playing a doctor, a medical doctor who's an associate of the of the victim. They come out of this meeting, and the next words out of his mouth were, "I want to go talk to the coroner." And I went, "Well, yeah, you do. Of course you do. Why wouldn't why you? Why wouldn't you?" But it never even occurred to me. Isn't that funny how we, come, we do all these murder stories and death <laughs> and undead people? I mean, never even it never even occurs to us to make a coroner. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> what was your? Oh, it was in, in midstream. Hands down, the bear. The bear, really? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. let me just say to those people who haven't been listening since the beginning, or any new people who happen to be watching us. Yeah. Um, the. I, I ran. This is, I think, the first time I ran Savage Worlds. Right. It was. It was pretty much all of our first time yeah. running Savage Worlds. Because so, so we were kind of stress testing too. It's like, well, there's no combat. I want to do something. So, I, I had come up with an adventure where the party is. There's. It's like they t- took place in the. Thirties. Thirties or forties. Yeah. And there was like a secret Nazi enclave in like. Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, they were going to uncover this thing, and there was going to be like Nazi dirigibles, and they, there was going to be a big fight on one. I had all this stuff planned, and I gave them a newspaper, like I do, <laughs> and one of the articles in the newspaper, because I had a little bit of extra column space, was to put in an article about the fact that some campers had been mauled by a bear. So the party decided, we're going to go out and we're going to kill this bear. Now, to, to our, to be fair, because I was in this thing, I right. figured it was some weird were Nazi bear that it could have been. It could have been that well, would have been a better idea. And that's the takeaway, which is make, when they make that left turn, add Nazis. <laughs> add Nazis. <laughs> we have there's a there's an email we're going to read later that kind of segues into some of what we're talking about right now to you. Okay. Is, so I think it'll come up again, but you know, are all left turns like when you talk about yes and? Yeah. Is it just like, you know? As as a GM, and I've really only just done con, con games in the last ten years or so, I'm terrified of left turns because if I haven't prepared and I don't have anything yeah. in my backpack, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, 
but a con game is maybe a little different because you show up with the stuff that you need for that yeah. moment. Um, uh-huh. It's not a campaign. Uh-huh. You don't have it all completely fleshed out, but I, I'm terrified when they go, nah, well, I'm not going to take the plot hook. We're, we're going to go off and do something else. And I'm like... A, a, a con game is yeah. a little different in that the players have a certain assumption of rails. It, and we've talked about that, but it, but it still happens in real games, too. Let's sure. take the con game as sort of yeah. a microcosm of actually players showing up and doing a game, and you're like, oh my god, I prepped all of this stuff, and now, now it's terrifying. And, it, 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 and it's humbling, and it, you feel like you're not giving your players the best game that you could have done because they went somewhere else and you weren't prepared for it. How do you, how do you not beat yourself up over I, that? I would add one word onto the <laughs> things that we've been saying, and that is energy. Mm. Whatever you're going to do, do it with energy. Pour your energy into it. You know, when when they turn left or they go hunt the bear, you know what? Make that the most important bloody bear that's ever happened. I'm going to sell it, but I'm still going to lose sleep over it. It's like I feel like I'm not giving them the game they signed up for. Not not no, game wise either. Think of this: it, there's always a story in the middle. So okay. you, your perception has some validity. The people playing that game have a perception of how that's going down, and then there's somewhere in the middle is probably the real story. There's yeah. a huge responsibility on GMs that I think that people don't necessarily understand. Players show up, they think somebody's going to spin a tail for them, and it's great, and it's kind of fun to throw wrenches in and stuff, but the, the GM then has to... <laughs> they beat themselves up over some of these things. They spend a lot of time working these things out. How do you make their left turn a good choice? Make it is that what you're? Is that kind of the onus? Make it correct. That's, well, that's how you make it a... That's how you make it. How do you how do you not invalidate their left turn? How do you you've got to make sure you that make they, it the right way to go? You, you make, make right it, it you make that the important thing. I mean, I had the, the vamp, going back to the going uh-huh. back to the first vampire session. I had a storyline, and it was starting because that was when you guys met Robert, the kind of dumb gangrel, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and he Robert the dumb gangrel. Yeah, but he um, runs in the family. It does. <laughs> the, but you guys were more interested in the woman and. Why does she? Who, who is she? What, what, why is someone that old? Don't touch the mic. <laughs> it's really loud. <laughs> well, they keep telling me to move it down. Uh, that's I don't know. on him, not us. No, I, I think we were okay. It was yeah. perfect. Yeah, they're saying they're saying Gina sounds the best. Stork sounds better now that his mic's down a little lower. I haven't. And now that it. we're all talking a little lower, it's it's not as hot. We're calming down. Okay. Our excitement levels are going down. We were like cameras. Cameras! Oh my gosh! Well, we still, we still painted room. I can see Stark yeah. when I talk to him. This uh, listen, is so exciting. Stu and I and Kimmy are performers live at Fair. <laughs> we speak loudly always, and as GMs, that's kind of our job yeah. to speak over the din. Right. It's oh yeah, gonna be loud. Um, but now the my cameras first, are. I was three rigged. when I did my first role on stage. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> so we all speak loud. Uh, That's okay. Stu, we, we cut you off. You were you were I basically really saying, okay. Left, think, left turn. I think it's oh, also possible to. Um, find a way to kind of steer your group away from something, not by necessarily like cutting them off, but by making trying to come up with a way for it to lead back to something else. So if you want, like if we'd gone to the corner and the corner had pointed us back to, I have no idea where you actually were going to go with that story, but uh, like before we like derailed it completely. Right. But if you'd found, um, you know, a way, oh, the corner gave us a clue to go back to so-and-so, that's, I think, the ideal because right. it kind of yes ends the party, but also kind of puts them back on the track you planned. Mm-hmm. So I think you kind of have that choice there without like just cutting them off and forcing them on rails, which sucks always. Well, 
I, I remembered what it was. My point yeah. was, when you have that moment where the party is making that extreme left-hand turn, make that turn the correct turn, mm-hmm. or at least reward that turn yeah. by making it interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Instead of just making yeah. it an old woman who likes to go home early and watch TV at night, which is totally what it would have been otherwise, yes. until we're like... Must be some kind of mystery here, and I've she's and been around for fifty years. And no humans alive. No human lives fifty <laughs> years. <laughs> well, she'd been like That's an old woman of. for fifty years. Is the thing? No, she'd owned a bar, and she was, and she'd owned a bar for fifty years on this little little, little island, her, though, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. little island. It's Catalina. And there wasn't wasn't there commentary about how she didn't. Uh, go out in the day. That's when it's. That's what I. That's I nice. added that because the party suddenly became interested in her. I'm like, not that we would know because we're not out in the day. No, <laughs> no, but you no, ask but that's someone exactly at the, the bar. kind of thing that someone is that going she, to twig on to. That she was there during the day. She's really, only oh. here at day. She always goes home oh. before night. I don't know if you guys yeah. have ever worked in the food industry, but most of those people are up all night anyway. Yeah. But they are it's vampires, true. quite literally. Right. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, that you you when when they make the left hand turn, don't just say no. Either move the interesting thing that you were going to put if they turned right to the left side, mm-hmm. figuratively, or come up with something. I mean, I completely abandoned, not, I didn't abandon it, but I sort of put on the back burner the story about Robert going around eating people right. because you guys wanted to look at this other other person. They were more interesting I, to I think it's dangerous to move the this thing that I had on the right over to the left. I think it's potentially dangerous. Mm-hmm. Why so? To do that, because they picked that that turn for a reason. Left hand turn, and it wasn't because it's gauche because they're against left handed people. Well, I think it's sinister, and it, and it wasn't, it, and it wasn't the thing that was leading them to where you were were aiming them. They picked the other thing. I think it Matt, I think that the the important point there is why did they choose it? Did they choose it because they're trying to avoid X, which is the thing yeah. that would have been there if they turned right? That's kind of a BS thing to do, but it if is. if they didn't even know that that's there, right? If if they if they had, um, okay, there are Nazis over here with dirigibles, right? And there's which, a bear, which they didn't know, <laughs> and they picked the bear. That's because something about that bear caught their attention. Sure, we knew there was a bear, and it and it was and it, beca- <laughs> and and it became it. important <laughs> to them. Totally kill a bear. It has experience. Right. Okay, oh. I think it's kind of a kind of a of a. For, jerk move for oh, you yeah. to say, oh, well, you wanted the bear. Oh, but it's actually, but it's actually a giant bear-shaped dirigible. I put Nazis on it. I just think that's kind of a jerk thing oh, sure. to do. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Now, if if there's no clear you know, thing down that that they were, cha- that they were following, okay. Right. You know, um, or at, at the very least, going back to, to Kimmy's point, they go to the corner. The corner has information that points them in the direction you wanted them to go. Nothing that, wrong with that. Sure. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is I don't think, it, and this is maybe something to help people if if improving is uh, somewhat challenging or you, it's really important to get somewhere or some piece of information. Is there is also nothing wrong with reskinning something unless you're really cheating them out of uh, you know a conscious choice they've made. But there's nothing wrong with reskinning an NPC you had right. into this person they're now talking to, if it makes sense. <coughs> I and agree. Then... Okay, those are all story ideas. Physically, at the game, when your players make a left-hand turn, how do you not look astonished? Or, what are tips and tricks to make sure that you are calm? 
and okay with this. Very simple trick. All right. You put a tack in your shoe, <laughs> and every time they go the direction that you anticipate, you step on it, so you sort of wince. And then when they turn the wrong way, you don't step on it, so the wince just looks like any other. Wince. Because I'm, I am the same when, thing as a polygraph. When, 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 it's, when it's like somebody drops lines on stage, and all of a sudden you're standing up there naked, alone. You feel, you feel, you're like, oh my god, the, everybody's mocking me. Oh my god, what are we going to do? How do you, as GMs, handle that? I mean, what is, is that the fun? Sometimes. I, I'm capable of putting on a good poker face right. and just saying, you hey, are. you know what? Um, I'm just going to roll with this because I don't know what else to do. But other times, um, I am astonished and I'll say, huh, that's something I had not anticipated. Oh, that's your tell. All right. And, and I'll just right. say, I know oh. that now. And, and, and then I will say, okay, I need a minute to think about it. And that, that's when I excuse myself to the restroom. And that's, and that's I, a legitimate thing, maybe, just saying, okay. You know what? I need a moment to think about this. You guys go get snacks, go pee. We'll come and back. And then when we'll you come back, you come back with a very knowing grin. Ah. I figured out how all of this fits together. <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons why I like apocalypse world-based games so much is because I didn't know to begin with what was going to happen. Right. Right. I'm just. This I'm is just. True. I'm actually curious about the physical side of it. It's like, yeah, the story side is fine. It'll sort itself out. You can always piece it, or even the players will give you hints. But how do you, as a GM? Not telegraph your fear, or how do you harness that fear? Because there's I people think that get so scared. I think you embrace it as scared. not being a source of fear. There's there's people that don't GM because they get scared I, of the fact that people are going to make choices they didn't anticipate. That, they don't have the control. They don't know what to do. I think that said, it, it's sometimes okay to let the players know yeah. Yeah. that you because getting one over on the GM is not. It, that, it's kind of it's something that you should get rewarded for too. It's a well, thing. it's kind of fun. <laughs> it's a thing and to know when you go. Well, who, all right. Um, there's like players who go of, into the game yeah. specifically to do. Yeah, that. I'm looking for that thing. Yeah. Um, another thing in apocalypse world, right? Base games is we don't really do the whole secrets thing. Like, um, they can. They, it's not a problem for them to know what the thing is. That's. Mm-hmm. In apocalypse world-based games, it's not really a problem. I, okay. See, I'm against that. I'm against it. I'm against it. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> it. I, I'll tell you why. That breaks to me. That breaks immersion. I, I get that. I like it when I go like Bill's Traveler game. I still don't know what happened in the session that I missed because no. I got hit and went unconscious. I've heard little bits and pieces. <laughs> But I, I won't listen to it because my character doesn't know what happened. Right. I don't want now, to know what happened, so I can react the way the character. When in method actor Go, going yes. back, you know, with bad streets, we create the whole game when we sit down. Right. Okay. We create characters right then. We create the city right then, and it's when I see the characters and the city is when I know what the, what the crime is. Mm-hmm. And I start building people based on the things that the players have said that this is who matters. Sure. You know, um, in the game on... Uh, we'll talk, I'll talk about that when we get to That's a little different than, than um, knowing the secrets. Because it's, it's not like if there's, yeah. a, mur- if there's a murder it, it mystery... Totally is. Yeah. You don't say, okay, we're gonna have it. we want to play a murder mystery, and we want Bob yeah. the detective to be the murderer. Right. That's not what happens. Which is what happens in most games. Apocalypse World is not that way. It's kind of a it's kind of a red. They don't know. They don't. Okay. They didn't. You guys. Nobody knows with Apocalypse World because the story is unfolding in front of the GM and the players. No, I'm talking about. Okay, never. In in a in one of the (laughs) the Bad Streets games that I ran a while back, um, 
one of the playbooks has a move called um, There Was This Case Once. Right. Okay, which allows that player to go back to something from their personal character's history mm-hmm. and go, there was this thing on this case that I did, and it somehow bears on what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, and what the player did was he said that there was a hired assassin who I was called the doctor. Mm-hmm. And the doctor, um, there was this murder that he investigated that was attributed to the doctor. And he said that when I was investigating it on the crime scene, I found a woman's high-heeled shoe print. And I was convinced at that time that, that the doctor was a woman. Mm-hmm. But nobody else believed me. Scandalous yeah. for the 1970s. Scandalous. Oh, totally. <laughs> okay. Um, they had already created a character in the city setup that was the daughter of the Mafia Don in mm-hmm. the city. And she was actually the power behind the throne, as it were. Okay. And literally, I wrote down the doctor, made a note about the, that he thought she, the doctor was female, circled it, and drew a line straight to her. Right. That didn't happen until that moment. Okay. Right. Didn't exist until that, that moment. That kind of stuff happens in a lot of games. Right. I mean, that, that GMs who aren't married to their storyline... Should be able to unwilling to make those kinds of connections. I mean, we talk about all the time listening to the players as they're trying to figure out what's going on and saying, "Hey, the solution that they just came up with is a lot so cooler than mine." Than <laughs> and being a classic over prepper, it's terrifying to me when they go someplace I haven't, I don't have a map for. Sure, it, yeah, I'm, it is. Okay, I, that's okay. <laughs> it's okay to be scared when they yeah, go someplace I wasn't okay, expecting. It's okay Absolutely. to be scared. All right, thanks, but the guys. thing is, they're not, it's not a bad thing. Yes. I think really? Like, yeah. It's not a bad thing. Well, what if I give them a bad game? You won't. Okay. Well, let, let, oh, go ahead. Well, and it doesn't necessarily, like, you know, it's not, them knowing isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's not that they, know, you know, even if they don't know, them knowing that you hadn't planned that, I think is totally fine. Like, and that's sort of how I run every single one of my games, and uh, even this last one that we talked about at the con... Um, you know, Bruce was saying, thanks for just like going along with the ride. And they totally knew that's kind of what happened. They, they totally knew wrenches were flying. Yeah, and I think that's okay. If you're ro- rolling with it and you're, they're still having a good time and you're still having a good time, I think it's when there's that judgment element where they mm-hmm. feel like they have the wrong answer. That suddenly. We a lot of wrenches in your game. You didn't right. roll with it. We are boycotting. Right? <laughs> well, and they feel like they messed it up for you. They yeah. got, you know, it's like the, you know, they want to do your game how you want it to. So if you have the, you know, if you give them the impression that they took a wrong turn, suddenly that's negative. They're trying to look for the right turn because they want right, to go on the right, right turn. Right. And especially at a con game. Right. Especially at a con game. But if you're like, cool, I didn't I think really of that. I really want to see all your cool maps and pictures that you spent all the time on. I'm sorry we went somewhere else. Right. So if you <laughs> give them that vibe, but if you actually just like embrace it and are like, all right, you go there and... You're gonna give me a sec. Look it up. You're gonna see this guy. He's gonna be there. His <coughs> name's Bob. Come up with a better name. Don't use Bob. But <laughs> I don't know. It's terrifying to me. I don't know how you guys do it. It's I uh, when they go when they make left and I'm, I mean I can improv for a while, but it like if they if they I, go off I the rails an hour in, I have got another six hours to go. I had one sort of left hand turn that happened. Let's go ahead and transition into the okay the, the convention the convention recap. Cool. Oh yeah. Um, the uh, when I ran Vast Dominions, which is the moment of truth setting that used to be big blue monkeys matter space, uh, the party dis- they were much more murder hobo than in a good way than um, I was 
expecting from that scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, basically, they, they found uh, a sort of like semi-sentient uh, alien species, uh, or they found evidence of it, uh, and they found this gold statue. And they're like, this gold statue is nice. This gold statue would go for a lot of money if we could find the right guy to sell it to. It's a gold statue. We have cameras now. We can do this. And, I'd, <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, shoot, <laughs> they're going to end up going somewhere that I have not anticipated. Yeah. Okay. And they did. They insisted, no, we need the capital. We need operating capital to be able to go to where these <laughs> semi-sentient creatures are because there might be more of these things. And in fact, they, when, when, you, when you cough, get it, put your hand up. Sorry. Um, the, sorry, they're really sensitive. Um, it, it's a learning process. It is. It is. It's, it's curved. But um, they, one of the clues I had dropped to sort of coax them to go and go to this place was that, that there, were many, <coughs> there, there were many other temples with similar gold statues. So like, hmm. But they needed the operating capital to get there because it was very far away. So they decided, well, we got to go someplace to sell this thing. So I'm like, well, you can go to Ceres because that's where New London is. And so they, there's a whole thing that I was not anticipating. Okay, wait a minute. I thought Ceres is where America shops. Very, <laughs> I don't think it is anymore. I think it's Walmart. Now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but in the 70s, that would have been hysterical. I don't know what Ceres is. <laughs> Sears. Oh, Sears. Oh. It was making a pun. It wasn't a good one. Anyway. None of my (laughs) puns are good ones. (laughs) Didn't you you hear the groan? Or was that just in my inner monologue? (laughs) So they decide to go to Sears to sell this thing. They go and they find the Royal Society of Xenologists. And they like, oh, this is is an indisputable evidence of of extraterrestrial sentience. This is one of those guys, right? So they go ahead and sell this thing for a boatload of cash. Then they decide, you know, we're going to take that cash and we're going to put it in banana futures. (laughs) (laughs) And they buy Islands of Retirement and not go on the adventure. No, well, I'm like, where is this going? Mm -hmm. Because, um, oh, I can't think of his name. Dimitri was in my game. And of course, this is all from Dimitri, and and he's like, yeah, no, let's let's, and so that we, what, what do we want to put it in? Well, there's banana plantations over on Titan around around right. Saturn, so maybe what? Oh yeah, yeah, let's let's go put the money in that. So I end up putting like three quarters of the money in a in in banana futures, and the rest of the money they they spend on equipment for the for the trip. Then they finally went on the actual trip. So, <laughs> but it was. It was more. It was more of a sidebar, I think, than a yes. left turn. Yeah. But it was. It could most... have been a left turn because had you had you not been careful with it, they would have just started setting up plantations. I was afraid it was going ends. to be. <laughs> I was actually afraid it was going to be because they seemed more interested in going and spending the money. And I'm like, and shopping. Oh no, a shopping trip. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. And th- so I dropped the I dropped the extra hint on the. In the in the uh, journals that they found that oh there's a lot more of these these temples they only visited one it, within sight as they were leaving they could see another like nine of them so mm. you were very careful to make sure that they stayed on target there's a lot of money a lot of worm. money to be had it's a juicy worm it, yes exactly <laughs> so, um, that that comes from experience yes or, or listen to the podcast no, let me just the, the the things that <laughs> happened after the game convention for those of you who've listened to the game convention episode. I warn you that those episodes are a hot mess, and They're this one lived was hotter and messier. It was hotter and messier. and it was. I lost control yes. as I was plugging <laughs> microphones into the board. Yes, um, the uh, people got hurt. Yeah, <laughs> there was emotions. The dogs and cats sleeping together. Well, that's mayhem. That's hot. 
Um, I, but I, the, the next day I ran Hero Kids. <laughs> dad? What is that? What you even made them? I don't know. What? Nothing. Never mind. Keep reading. Talks I'm not dads. reading. I'm talking. talking. <laughs> <laughs> I, the next the next day I ran Hero Kids. Which okay, Kimmy ran it with me. Which actually has nothing to do with Hero. Nothing yeah. at all to do with Hero. It's actually something you guys found, or you found. I found it on Drive Through called RPG. Hero Kids. Yes. And they and it and they it's cheap. It's like five bucks on Drive Through RPG. They, they give you uh, a bunch of pre-gens, and they give you like little, almost like cardboard hero minis. I for was looking it. at it. They got like little illustrations for each of the characters. <coughs> yeah, kind of give you a little. And they give you a little fold-together mini. Yeah, and you got little cool. monster cards and fold-together monster minis. And and you didn't bring this up, but you were there with your son. Yeah, yeah Zachary, Zachary yeah. was there, and and, and so we had two other kids sign up for it. It was a fantastic game. It was so much fun. That's awesome. For two hours because they're kids. Oh, so let's talk about that. So did did the parents just drop them off and leave? No. No, uh, one 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 uh, guy there w- was there with his son. Uh, he just kind of coached him a little bit. You kind of tell that he'd played some role playing games in the okay. past. I asked him if you want if you want to play because I was totally willing to let the parents play with him. Mm-hmm. Um, he he didn't want to, but he just kind of coached him a little bit. And then um, uh, the girl that was there uh, was there with her mother and father. Her mother ended up picking up a character and she played along. Okay, uh, dad didn't. And then Zachary played a character, yeah. plus the two kids, of course. And did you let everybody know that Zachary was your son? That you're not a creepy, weird dude running a game for kids? I don't know if I mentioned they, that. They, they probably could super, tell by the way I was yeah, talking. No, was they figured obvious. it out. Because yeah. I would say, like, Zachary, uh-huh. don't stop taking over. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the dog just came in. And were you proud of your New kid? Were you proud of the other kids? He did good. Yeah. Zachary's like... When I was done, he's like, "Can we have one more boss fight?" Yeah. All right. <laughs> he said, "Boss fight." Yes. Yeah, so he had the Kool Aid. Oh yeah. It. And what do you yeah. think yeah. the other kids did? Too? Oh, they, li- they, they liked it. They, they liked it. it. They had a good time. Zachary, but, like, you know. on the way home, is like, "Can we play again? When can we play again?" I'm like, "Maybe this weekend." Yeah. Next weekend. Yeah. Sweet. It was all really great, and it was really age appropriate. And like the the little character sheets are actually coloring sheets. So while the kids are in between turns and stuff, they have some stuff to do. That's smart. So brilliant. That's right? genius. So they sit there, and so that like we had uh, Stu brought uh, a bunch of coloring pens, and so they were sitting there coloring in between turns. So I'm doing that with my grown up players. Yeah. Like, how many turns is like you know, especially long combat? People need something to do. It's like here, here's your character sheet. Color it. Really? <gasps> yeah. Every D and D. Okay. Game all of a sudden, grown up coloring books. Big thing. What up with that? Yeah. But it's awesome. It's yeah. meditative. Yes. Let's let's merge the two. Character <laughs> oh. sheets for your game. Coloring Think sheets. about it. Um, have them. <laughs> <laughs> I need artwork for them. So, uh, them. and then the only other other thing uh, was Dave Kazay ran a uh, what was that called? What Magnificent uh, Bastards. Bastards? Magnificent Bastards, which was a fate, sort of a slightly spirit modified of spirit fate. of the century. <laughs> okay, yeah. now. I thought he ran Fate this whole time, but he didn't. He was <coughs> running uh, uh, Spirit of Seventy Seven. His game, no, 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 is is Apocalypse. It's Apocalypse. Spirit, based. He, he was running Spirit of the Century, right? But he's running Spirit of the Century for you guys, on which, right. which is Fate. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's so like I was one point five. I yeah. was confused because he was running Apocalypse for all of his other games, and now he's running Fate. It's a new thing for he, him. He, yeah. And his big change in it was he had used Othello pieces mm-hmm. for your Fate. Points, okay, and you flip them, and when all of your fate points turn black, Othello, because you, you, you they all start out white, and as mm-hmm. you flip them, then your dark passenger takes over, which is like the darkest part of your character. Like in my particular, in, in yeah. the case of my character, I was playing Svengali, right, from uh, <clears throat> Tribly, right, Trilby, Trilby. Um, I became an uncontrollable control freak. I have to be in control of every situation. 
So suddenly, I become the most uncooperative player anyone has ever met as soon as they flip. And Dave was holding me to it. He kept writing cards. Are you in control of this situation? With a question mark, and he handed it to me like, no, we must do Svengali's way. Yeah. And, and just every time someone would come up with an idea that was different than mine, I'd be like, no, I insist. We have to do it this way. He was a cock. This he was cock blocked everything. I did, <laughs> didn't I? You did. But it's like, I, and I you felt must it, take me prisoner. And I you're felt, like, you're screwing up a perfectly good plan. I felt uncomfortable doing it. I know. Because. <laughs> That's not the way I play. Right. I'm I'm very much a sort of collaborative team. I mean, I can yeah. throw wrenches as good as anyone. Yes. yes. But but I, I don't. I, I'm not the things must go my way. Blah, 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 no. blah, 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 blah. I'm like I'll just go along. And but I, Dave's like you were no driving. Way. You were driving it for a while. Right. You you were like I, I, well, That's that's a good thing. It was. It, it, it was got you out of your comfort it zone. It absolutely did. It, it, I got to see what it's like to be a complete douchebag. <laughs> no, you weren't. You weren't though. I think. I think. Well, the, I let it known after a while. That, no, I'm doing this because of my character. No, no, but more than that, we think we, you were playing with Bill, Kimmy, myself, uh, all of these people yeah. that, that were our experienced players. We most of us had figured out when your dark passenger takes over. It, plus, there's a visual yeah, there's, cue. There's all the little black things stacked up. Right. Everybody knew the the. Mechanic, right? right. Yeah. We all. And it's right in but, front of you. But we're all not metagaming. Okay. No, but Bill was really no, hard. Of course not. Bill was confused. Bill's like, "What? No, we should do no. No, we must do Sven Gali's way. Sven Gali's way. Somebody got caught up in the moment. Like, but I think we all had leadership in our on our thing because so the so he put us all against each other because I had leadership, <laughs> you had leadership, he had leadership, and we're all trying to take charge. You, I'm sure, had leadership, Kimmy. That never happens. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was like, uh, I'm going to survive no matter what. Oh, see you guys later. Bye-bye. The yeah. interesting well, thing, I want to say... D- go ahead. That's no, go ahead, go ahead. My, this is my first time playing Fate. Mm-hmm. I had a blast playing the game. Mm-hmm. I believe that has a lot more to do with the fact that Dave Kazay was running the game than the fact that it was Fate. Because the one observation I made at the end of the session, and I don't know if you were doing this as well, but I spent an enormous amount of time looking at my character sheet seeing if there's an aspect in this situation that I can apply here, if I have some sort of power I yep. can use here, is there a skill that I have over I used my, my law screen? against the Pinkertons. <clears throat> I was I outlawed right. him, and I and he like, gave it to me as a stunt, so I, he had to I, honor it. I, I spent an enormous amount of down-off mm-hmm. spotlight time studying my character sheet, trying to figure that out. Now, that might go away if you play it more often. Yeah. It does. Especially if you play the character more often, but that is one... I, I can say no. I've never started a character sheet more. Right. They also made it super beautiful, though. It looked like the a, character sheets were working. Yeah. Out. So I mean, I, they are sort of distracting as well. Like they look like period, like newspaper print. He right. did. He had it's like ads on the side. Right. Yeah. So I'm like trying to figure out which part is my character and which part are just pretty. And, and which one's the bear? Yeah. <laughs> can I can I ask if you think because I am curious about this because I think fate does get that feedback and part of that is absolutely justified. Um, but what makes it different than knowing I am athletic, I am dexterous, I have lo- knowledge local? Like, uh, part of it was the, the, the volume of stuff. Yeah? I had 10 okay. aspects. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Whoa. That's and and a lot. some of them, I mean, I think it was 10. It was a lot. There was a That's lot. A there lot. was a lot. It's and, a lot. And the thing is, they're all sort of vaguely phrased yes, things. That's true. So it's not like I have all 10 of these things memorized. Which I didn't, and I, I'm not the one who came up with them. They were pre-gens. That, 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 that that's a key thing. I think that yeah. may be part of it. But the other thing is, 
they are vaguely phrased. Yeah. So I ha- yeah. kind of have to, well, we're in a situation, I want to do something. Do any of these things apply? Because I kind of have to look through them and think of them in the mindset of where yeah. we are right at this right. moment. Can I find a way to weave this in to what's going right. on? As opposed yeah. to most games, GURPS, where you have a, a skill and it's a name. Sword. You have a list of skills. That's now, what you now, can do. As opposed to swing things yeah. with fewer. And you're like, uh, does that include swords? Yes! You have a swing thing. Does it include sofa cha- or chair legs? Yes! That too. It's there much is, more squishy. It. Yeah. There's a couple of things about fate. And I, and I love fate. Mm-hmm. Um, when we play, regardless of what the game is, when we play, there are, I, I want to say levels, but levels implies a hierarchy that's not there right. of, of the thing that we're interacting with. We might be interacting as, our pl- as the character. We might be interacting as a player. We might be interacting as a group. We might be interacting with the game. We might be interacting with, with, you know, okay? And we move throughout from layer to layer often as we play. Yes. Okay? It is my working theory that the more we have to think about making that shift, the more intrusive it is, and therefore it feels more gamey. I would agree with that. Okay? I agree with that. Because fate is new to you, uh, yeah. let's not let's not make judgments. And no, no, no. I'm just because I went through this exact same thing when I started playing Fate. Right. I was like the first probably eight or ten times I played Fate. I was like, I don't understand how I'm supposed to do this, and it feels very uh, to well, me I, to to think about. I'm gonna use my use an aspect. I've got it. I am the strongest man in the room. That's a thing. Oh yeah. Right now, well, D- Dave. Dave. Shielded the system from us. He did. I mean, we knew he had in his head where what I, kind of I number we needed, yeah. and and then he'd ask us what our skill level was, and we would go ahead and tell him that. And so he's adjusting what that thing is. If we add an aspect, that's adjust it some more. But he was just saying, "Go ahead and roll," and then he would look at the and he calculated it all in his head. So none right. of the math of it was actually out on the no. table, right? And so, you didn't do the negotiation part of it, no. Because well, there, well, well, there is a negotiation aspect. He, I mean, uh, you mean as far as compels? No. Um, we didn't have that. Well, it's like, um, okay, so I'm going to do a thing. Let, right. Let's get back to, to core fate for right. a minute. I'm going to do a thing. I'm going to attack that orc. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. I have fight at plus four because I'm good at it. I have a minus... A blank and two pluses. I am plus one on the dice. Plus four. I have a five. Yeah, that conversation never happened. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, then nope. he says, "Well, the orc is going to defend with whatever." I have a six. Hmm. Yes, but I am the strongest man in the room. Right. Bang! I now have seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's that kind of back and forth. Which is very much a game thing. It's just so mechanical. There's, it, so, there's well, numbers they're adding up. I think up that might have been part of it. It was so abstract because he was sheltering us from it so much. Yeah. That, I mean, you know, it was a great time, but I feel like maybe if we'd had some numbers or some knowledge or like, oh, that's a four or whatever, mm-hmm. I think that would have given us a little bit more guidance. It's also the, not only the first time he ran Fate, but the first time he's done anything with, with yeah. it. And, 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 most, and I don't think what? any of us had ever played Fate. No. Yeah. And, and you know what? I think you'd played it once. Uh, yeah. A couple of times. I know you, you played once with me. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and that's totally cool. You know, and we, we all start with the thing, and right. we learn, and we grow, and we figure out how, what we like about it and what makes it work for us and what doesn't. Um, I know that Fate is a very different animal of a game yes. um, than more traditional games that we're more, more used to. Mm-hmm. You know, we can play Pathfinder without even really thinking about it for the most <coughs> part because we've all been doing it for so long. Sure. Yeah. Here's the interesting thing about Fate and even Apocalypse World in a way. If you have experienced players, people that are used to taking a flawed character and running with their flaws, I, I will justify my character's actions and his. I will have my sorcerer walk down the wrong corridor because that's what he would do. Mm-hmm. Right? Most players don't play that way. Mm-hmm. Most players don't play to their flaws. Most players will do the right thing regardless of the situation. Fate and Apocalypse World gives those players or, or, or denies those players that, that option. They now have to do the wrong thing. I know, I love There's that. a compel. <laughs> but, but we as experienced players find it annoying. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the wrong thing anyway. Why, you, why are you rewarding why me when I'm going to do it anyway? <laughs> why are you giving me a bunch of stats to make why me do it? I'm going to make this interesting. like I'm doing it just for the reward. What the hell? So I kind of feel like Fate and Apocalypse and Numenaria, in a way, are aimed at people that have never had to make the, or never thought about making those choices, about playing a game where your character dictates your choices, because that game forces you to do that. I like that, but it's not, no, I'm not bashing it. I'm just saying that I've been doing this a long time. I'm, let me just freeform it. I'll make bad choices yeah. <laughs> based on my character's flaws. You don't. You don't need to compel me. You really don't. <laughs> but I'm. I'm. I'm extraordinary. Steven's extraordinary. Kimmy's extraordinary. We. We are the rare breed. I find that's my problem with those games. Is I spend more time working out the mechanics about the compel that I needed to do that I was going to do anyway. And it gets a bit in the way. Oh, I, no, I hear that. Stork doesn't need rules to make dumb decisions. <laughs> I, I, I will look at my character and say, this is his personality, that's what he's going to do. Well, he's going to go I down that, that when corridor. I'm playing in a game at a con, or, or I get a character, the first thing I want to see is, what's wrong with this person? Exactly, right. Is, right. What is it that's broken about this person? Because that's what's going to make them interesting. Uh, yeah, and all the characters Dave made for that game are... I don't know, I, I don't know about your character, but... My character's very broken. Oh, they're all broken. That's what I actually oh, yeah. wanted to know more about is, is kind of the the tone and the... Like, well, what was, I'm not sure we're at liberty really to talk about it yet. It's going it. to be an actual play, and we're gonna, yeah. it, it ran longer than our four-hour session, so we're going to do a, a follow-up. Okay. It, it may turn we're, into a campaign, because I had a great time. I, I took to all out. the recording stuff out there to record it in the hotel room. So awesome. that, that first session was recorded. And we'll do a second session, maybe here. I don't know where. Have we well, written an email yet? No, I think we should probably. No. Really should. We should probably this has been that. awesome. Although we've got so games we didn't even talk about because I wanted to Yay, talk come. about. <sighs> I wanted to talk about my Sunday game. You should. All right, briefly, real quick. Let's do it. I was in there. Um, I think we're all getting very loud again. That's I know. Yeah. Right um, <laughs> down. We, we get excited. That's on um, them. We can put a limiter on. We'll just get, next time we do this, I'll have an EQ that. It'll be so. It's going to be so interesting mixing this. for the audio when this is done. My Friday game, I was not real happy with because I only had two players. They were great. They were, the players were awesome, but I didn't feel like I brought my A game to it. Uh, testify, brother. Um, <laughs> I know how that but feels. But Sunday, I had, I found out Sunday morning I actually had three people signed up. And I was like, okay, well, we can do this. We can, well, I can do this. We can, we can run with three. It's a little weird to do, do with an odd number because the way the game works. I said, but, you know, we'll make that happen. And then I saw Stork. And I, and, and I went, hey, Stork, come here. And, and now I've got a full table. And I was quite literally walking by, just seeing who, what my friends were doing, what was going on. I didn't. I, I had not planned on playing a game. Um, and as we started making characters, and as the characters started evolving, 
I started seeing a story. I started seeing a thing. And it was so exciting to me. And then to watch the players grab hold of, of the ideas of their characters and, and pour so deeply into what they were doing. Um, we actually had... We, we, uh, we were so close to having something happen that has never happened in the game before. We had... I had... Table flip? No. No. <laughs> um, one of the things... Um, characters have bonds. Things that connect them to other characters. These bonds have clocks. And things will happen in the game that will advance the clocks. And if your clock hits 12, you reach a breaking point. Pumpkin. You reach a breaking point. Okay. And that's a criti- That's like a critical thing. It's that moment. Because the thing about, um, about bad Like I needed a clock. I was going to dress down the newbie anyway. Is it's framed as a, as a television show. And it's that moment in the TV show when the when the, the partner cops are about to slug it out. Oh, like story beats or something. Yes. Okay. Right. Um, and it had, I'd never had in a because in a, I haven't run it in the long form game, and bonds are really kind of a long form thing. But we were literally if we had played another hour, we would have had at least two two breaking points. Probably oh, 20 awesome! Minutes, yeah. And and I was like, oh, and it was just so awesome to see them. Them hitting on those things. Are you running a, a campaign yet on, in it? I have not run a campaign yet of it yet. I'm getting ready to start one. Um, it'll probably be middle October mm-hmm. when I do it um, because it'll and it'll probably be online because it's just hard to wrangle people together. Right. But um, I want to run. I've got two big key points that I have to do yet. <coughs> I want to run a long form game, which at least four sessions. And I want I need someone else to run the game, right? Besides me, because I can run the game. I'll try. I know how it works. Do you have it written out? Yeah. Is it written out? I'm almost done. Okay, I'll have it written out. I'll, I'll run it I'll run in the next couple couple That'd weeks. Awesome. At, as a side note, too, I think you got the best compliment ever. There was a guy that just showed up who obviously knows Apocalypse, oh, yeah. and he was sitting there listening. And about I don't know, 10, 15 minutes into the game, he goes, "Do you guys know each other? Because you guys are really working well together." Uh, which is a testament to the players we had at the table. I awesome. I knew you, but yeah. I didn't know the other two, and yeah. they were all mm-hmm. in. I knew they, they I were. Knew you they all had my guy, but the other two guys I didn't. You um, had I don't know if you planned it, but you had at least we had me, but you had two other really exceptional players. Had, had really, they were really good players, and I think the players got playbooks that really worked for them. You know what? You're also when you when you're running a, a powered by the apocalypse world game, chances are. You're gonna get good players because really strong theatrical players are gonna yeah. be drawn to that game. They were invested. I, they, I think they, that's fair. They each of them all were like, and but all of us were playing off each other. It was all of a sudden everybody's playing off, and and it wasn't nobody had to say, okay, so you are. It was just understood. It was it was really. So, so and, since and, you played and in the, the guy that played Apocalypse before was like astonished. Yeah. So th- let me ask you this question: um, Did the things on the playbooks? Did those give you the the touchstones and the the beats that you needed to play the character? Yes, but I would have freeformed it anyway. If you'd just you given would. me if you just given me the name of the character I and give his you motivation, a name of well, a character well, and, yeah, you'd be, and you'd go and, with it. And I was free and I even said if we just freestyle this, I, we could we could be done with this. Yeah. But instead we there was a lot of these checking boxes and, and stuff. But that's kind of the nature of the of the game. 
Uh-huh. And I, again, going back to what we were saying, maybe it's a way for people that don't role play and make bad decisions to do it. I don't need that. I think a couple of the other players didn't necessarily need to do that. And if you're good enough at playing Apocalypse, I could see how that could fade away eventually. Eventually. But I keep feeling like I need to tick off a box. I need to make sure that I was following the, the rules of, of doing the wrong thing. Okay, you, Gina, no, you have, seriously. No, the I'm, rules I'm, of failure. Yes. You, Gina, you have more experience playing I, Apocalypse World-based games than anybody in the room. Yeah, I, don't, I guess I don't understand what, what you mean by ticking the boxes and stuff uh, like that. So I'm constantly Just looking at my like, character, making sure that, uh, all right, so I have to um, enforce the law. Uh, make sure that it is uh, okay. So and that's, uh, not just, that's part of that was part of your character creation. Yeah, but, but then I would say, all right, I want to create a I want to create a bond with this character to make sure that that he has my, the motivation of enforcing the law, and I'm proud of him. So I get yeah, I, I I get what you're saying. I think I think it's just mechanically, it's the character sheet is set up differently, and the obviously no, the I, I would have said, listen, kid, you and yeah. I. I'm really proud of you for doing this. I don't need to go. All right. I uh, okay. No, so but that's I need to have the a character you created. Because are you talking about moves and moves and stunts and all of that? I had to make sure that I was I was looking at it constantly and trying to trying to utilize them as much as possible, which I don't necessarily. I'm not going to say I'm the best player ever, which I'm not at all. But the point is that I will make interesting decisions regardless of what's on the character sheet it, simply by their flaws simply by the motivation simply by their names but do you do the same thing if you take a feat in D&D yes okay which is why I went down the wrong corridor yeah as no, exactly. I think that's just part of the <laughs> but that's you're uh, setting up the character you want to play right but I, and then part of becoming familiar with that character that you're playing is getting used to those things you chose this is a topic for another time. Uh, we can really we can dissect the mechanics of this because I could go on this for this for hours, and, and we all could. And However, guess, we have emails yeah. to read. And I was going to I'm not you guys, blocking. You guys, I just both of you can't. No more talking about <laughs> your how you you might have felt like you didn't bring your A game, but Simon says is also in the chat room. And he was in the in the Friday yeah, game. No, exactly. And he's like, uh, shut up. <laughs> no, he said specifically that. Yeah, I said shut up. No, I think he said. I know. I'm glad you had a good time. Wait, listen. Okay. I yeah. know Jib thinks that Friday, his Friday game was a little flat, but he's got me super interested in Bad Streets, and I'm giving uh, Apocalypse World a much closer look now than I did. All in right, the past. there you Sweet. go. Sweet. And you got feedback so well at the awesome. Oh, yeah. yes. so, awesome. All right, let's it's not talk good. about this anymore. Let's exactly. Emails. Emails. Yay. For God's sake, this might be the longest game. I, I, but I we had to recap a whole con because none of us a whole con remember. But there's also like, another reason yeah. why. Oh, <laughs> it's because we're sitting around a table conversationally, all looking at each other. These are going to be like yes. four hours. These are going to be longer <laughs> episodes. All right, we'll get better. First email. This email is from Jonas Larson. Did Dear, did he, didn't he write the girl with the dragon tattoo? Yeah. Dear yeah. halfling jacks and the. Of the Dewshire. Again, a new one. That's new. Never heard that. Halfling Jack. That is a new one. Uh, It's once again time for a letter from your favorite Scandinavian representative. What? You're being loud. You're You're pegging. This is my... But I'm listening to the board. It's it's this room. Kimmy, don't tell him what to do. Part of it is the room. Part of it is the room. (laughs) No, but I'm... I'm, I turned me down and I started reading. (laughs) Okay. Oh, Okay. Because uh, I have the board. Okay, it's, it's, no, this great. it's on the big board. We can't let him in here. Plan <laughs> ahead. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my big board. He really knows what he's doing. He's flying some chickens. So 
my question this time is about short-term yes-ending versus long-term character development. I was jamming a horror campaign. Uh, I used the setting from Call of Cthulhu, but opted to convert the whole shebang to GURPS. Yeah! Uh, <laughs> as any sane person should. Uh, we were three sessions in, and tonight the characters were going to venture into the dreamlands. The focus went back and forth between the real world, where the characters were participating in weird experiments with psychedelic drugs and sanity-reducing electric shocks, and the dream world, currently an intimidating but enticing forest, shifting in starry blue, oil, oily purple, and opaque green. Okay, liking this, really liking this. Like yeah. Timothy Leary goes into the Feywild. It looks like, like, uh, the, uh, like a... Is it Van Gogh? Who did Starry Night? Is it Van Gogh? Van Gogh. Uh, one of my players, a wonderful thespian known for driving his characters to the ground with reckless abandon, asked... I'm not sure I played this game, but uh, maybe it is. <laughs> asked if there were any fruits on the trees. I decided to yes and and nodded. Okay, said the player. I taste one of them. Not wanting to be a douche, I decided to poison, not poison him on the spot. Good. Instead, call. I chose to play up one of the real dangers of the world of dreams. The alluring pull that makes your real world seem pale and lifeless by comparison. And, and I, I played that up when uh, the, the freak show went to the Fey Realm. It's oh, yeah. Thing, it's very, everything seems to be just a bit much more exciting. And Every bite tastes like one of your yep. favorite meals your mother used to make you when you were a kid, long before your hard life as an investigator began. Come with me. Oh, my God. This is wonderful. See. A world of pure imagination. Oh, he died. I know. I know. No. So sad. Quick, before Stark says something, he'll regret. Oh my god, this is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I Too late. A, I pluck a bunch of seeds and decide to wake up to see if I can bring some to the real world with me by force of will. I was struck by shock and awe. This was a wonderful idea, and I loved it. But there was a tiny problem. I had decided earlier to introduce dreaming as a viable skill after the session, a skill to use just in situations like this. After thinking it through, I explained to my player that you actually needed the skill to pull something off like that, and that he would be able to put experience points in it after the session. I still let him roll against the skill at the default level. Default skills in GURPS are hard. Right. Right. And he will explain why this is very hard. Right. Um, dreaming was, in GURPS terms, a mental very hard skill. Ah, he's playing third edition. Nice. That's right. It out. <clears throat> uh, very hard skills are very expensive, and I think you're at like minus seven to your IQ for a, 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 a mental skill. He says minus six. Uh, minus six, okay. Uh, with a default role of IQ minus six, which is not a role a simple Call of Cthulhu, in, Call of Cthulhu investigator is going to make. You're absolutely correct. The player or me of, ever. <clears throat> or you ever. The, the player, of course, failed. But he wasn't ready to give up. Instead, he gave down on creativity. He cut small wounds in his arms to hide the seeds in his body. He put Damn. seeds inside his eyelids. He even put one inside his foreskin Ouch. and shoved another one up his butt. They must be European because that doesn't really happen here. Uh, no. uh, I'm just going to say, he, gave, he just handed the GM the, the next... Arc. A very horrible yeah. dream. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> There's a tree growing... Oh. Uh, there are limbs growing out right. of your arms. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, all of this... All this to make them easier to bring into the real world. 
I don't know why most of my letters have stories about players shoving things up their butts. That's you? This isn't the, the, the same player who shoved a sword in a troll butt. I remember that. In one of my sure. earlier letters. But they usually sit next to each other and giggle a lot. Back to the topic. I thought it was <laughs> it was a great idea and decided to give him a new role, this time against IQ minus three. Not impossible, but still a hard role in GURPS. That role failed as well. And we moved on with the adventure. Thinking back to the situation, I wondered if I made a wrong call. You are supposed to reward creative ideas, and the player was giving was giving me just that. It wouldn't have derailed the adventure or campaign in any way if he had succeeded. It would actually have been a cool twist. Are you always supposed to yes and, and when the character doesn't have a skill, the barbarian... Are you always supposed to yes and, even when the character doesn't have a skill? Exactly. The barbarian can't throw fireballs without magical training because it's creative. And imagine how rewarding it would have been it would have felt for my player after spending several sessions and experience points building up his dreaming skill the first time he succeeded. First bringing seeds with him, then weapons, then animals, and finally whole towns into the real world. Don't treats like that feel more rewarding when you have to work for them first? One sad thing I unfortunately had to add to this as this happened in the last session of the campaign. Real life reared its ugly head and we couldn't continue to play. So when to yes and and when to play the long game? Well, that's all for today. Thanks for the fantastic podcast, Jonas Larson. I don't think he did block him. I think he did yes and. Because he gave him the role. He gave him the role. He let him try. He, and he let him. And yes and says you can try to do a thing. It doesn't mean it's going to succeed. Right. It doesn't mean it's going to work. He had he had options. He could have gone a different way with some things. Sure. Which and, and might it, have made for a, a very interesting and horrifying he story. He gave him a role, and he gave him a role with a not terrible chance of success. Right. Not great, but not, you know, oh, you have to roll a 20. And he explained to him why. Because he says, there's a skill for this later. If you right. want to buy that skill, this and that doing this will be opens easier. up a lot of character development. Itself. Right. Yes. Um, Is it metagamey? Yeah, a little. At that point in the but, conversation? <clears throat> we're at the end of the day... Everything we do, we're playing a game. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think he did anything wrong. I think I, I don't think he did anything wrong. I think he had options where he could have maybe done things differently if he wanted a different outcome, mm-hmm. if he wanted a different flow of things. Um, if you want something to succeed, to succeed, don't leave it to a die roll. Don't have di- don't put dice on the table. If you if something I has have to no happen, idea what you're talking move, about. A story for to move the the story forward. Don't put dice on the table. Right. No. Um, I, won- I wonder if he uh, is feeling like he didn't yes and enough because he had preconceived of this skill that would involve them being able to do that. He re- he stumbled was, upon its he, existence well, without. Yeah. I think he planned it, and he was going to reveal yes. right. as the GM that you could get this skill, that you could do this, and then when the player was like, can I, can I take this back with me? You know, so I think maybe that's where his regret is, is that he kind of wanted to hang on to that skill for <coughs> rather than just letting it happen, which I don't think is a bad thing. No, at not at all. all. Not at all a bad thing to, to play the long game and have him yeah. grow into that thing. You could, he could have also said, oh, you're going to make cuts in your skin 
and stick seeds underneath your skin. Yeah. Seeds from the dream world. Seed, you know, <laughs> dream seeds what could possibly underneath go your skin. Eyelids. This yeah. could not possibly go badly for no. you. Maybe Please do that. <laughs> maybe Please do that. Maybe it won't have any effect in the real world. But next time you go to the dream yeah. world, you might wake up as a tree. Right. Or worse. Or worse. Yeah. Just and, and I'm not not for one second. Am I saying what he did was wrong? I, th- I don't think he was. I'm just saying there there are things you can do if you really want to make your your players' <coughs> lives. Interesting. Sure. This ties into what our conversation when we first started, which is hindsight's twenty twenty, and yeah. here he is beating himself yep, up for exactly. the what could have happened and what might yep. have been right. and what you did and didn't do. What you did this was is all, fine. This is all sub- your supposition. You don't yep. really know what could have happened. You, you made a choice. Everything went fine. Everybody had a good yep. time. In hindsight, you're thinking, oh, I should have, I could have, I would have, but it doesn't really matter. No, you, and I, you have a skill attached to it now. Yeah. It's going to happen eventually anyway. No, and I, I guarantee I it sounds like people thought things were pretty darn cool and that you have a lot of color uh, oh, yeah. and a lot of interesting stuff going on in that world. So I don't I think, think that's cool. wrong. I, no, I want to play in his game because it I, sounds like fun. Yeah, it totally. does. I totally agree that sometimes hard won things are sweeter. Yeah. Um, so you do have to play that sometimes where it's like you don't want to just hand it. People, everything, all the time. It oh been, no! And in his excuse, dude, or in his defense, it was awesome because he's like, "Well, how come these don't? Br- I can't bring. I can see yeah. the player. How come I can't bring the seats back?" He's like, "I actually have a skill for this. You don't have it yet. You can buy it later. But here's here's the default. Here's role. the default really hole. Right. And, yeah. and and that makes the players go, oh." Oh, okay. Yeah. You're not just being a dick saying no. You're saying, "Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Okay. I got right. this now." And that's certainly better than just saying, "No, no, you can't," because I say. Right. Absolutely. All right. Next email. Uh, thank you very much, um, Jonas Larson. Yeah. Nerd setting techniques from Tim for South Africa. And this is, we have all continents. Yes. That's official. Do we, Sweet. We, we got that Yes. yes. All right. Yeah, we have a, a top secret listener. Now. That's so yeah. cool. Hey, <laughs> Stu and friends. First off, I was listening to an old show on the backlog, and you mentioned that you have no listeners in Africa. The main reason for this mail is to finally let you tick off the African Ooh. continent, as I'm an avid listener from South Africa. The little country right at the tip of Africa. Just the tip. Uh, and as we all know, the tip is the best part. <laughs> is that true, Gina? <laughs> Why are you looking at me? I don't know. Kimmy? I have never in my life seen a better deer in the headlights look. <laughs> That wasn't a deer in the headlights. <laughs> uh, no, that's not true at all. As for email, I thought I should share some... Uh, look, he said it. If that's all, it's disappointing. As for, e- <laughs> As for email content, I thought I should share some innovations as to how I set mood when running games. One, instead of white sheet of paper with squares, I use a large piece of glass laid down on the table beneath the glass. I'm able to interchange various pieces of colored slash textured paper with squares drawn onto them. So, for example... Uh, if I am laying out some combat and it happens to be in the woods, I can put in a green block piece of paper under glass. I then draw the trees and rocks and what have you on top of that glass. This is easily wipeable with whiteboard markers. Uh, uh, by the way, I've done this before with a plexiglass sheet. Yeah. Um, oh, nice. drop it down. I actually drop oh. it down sometimes even over the checkerboard thing so that you can just erase it. Yeah. Because those stupid mats you have... They say they're erasable. Right. Not. 409 is your friend on those. But right. um, <laughs> my, my buddy Barrett has a sheet of plexiglass and he had inscribed on the underside of it um, one inch squares. If wow. I had a laser engraver that I could just abuse, I would do the same thing. 
But yeah. I mean, yes. make the whole table that way. Totally. Right? <laughs> Everything. Like, all the things would happen. Yeah. Including the tip. No, no. I mean, I'm thinking cosplay no, things. No, not? Not <laughs> that. Two. There's not, enough, there's not enough room in there to high-five people. Right? We play on the couches around my coffee table in the living room. <laughs> there was also a large TV that... Uh, with the couches are, or that the couches are pointed at, I plug my Mac into this TV and use it to project scene settings, images which Come give in. the players some idea yeah. of the environment. Again, with the forest example, I would do a quick Google search for a generic screen of forest and just throw it up on the TV <laughs> while we are playing. I would be curious to see how uh, what your thoughts are on this. Do you think throwing up images? Robs the players of being able to use their imagination. I put a comma in there where there wasn't one. Um, uh, and is it necessarily a bad thing? Uh, the TV allows me to play music, which is a great mood setting as well. Movie soundtracks as as great. Uh, I'm going to pause there and say, we did a traveler game once. I think where Bill uh, synced his Mac to his big screen TV. Yeah. In that was the room that was my, that was my game. Star map. That was that was uh, with the tra- TravelerMaps.com. Yeah. Okay, right, right. And brought up the whole star map, and it was all there. So we were able to. And there were actually times we were like, "Where are we?" And he like took the mouse and moved it and we were all like, able to see that. There we are. That's cool. I have no problem with that kind of thing. It's actually really cool. It's very immersive to a point. There's a point where everybody's watching TV again. Well, or if you, if it's too cumbersome to set it up and yes. do that where you're like, wait, I got to click, click, Google, yeah. click, click, click. It's going to take me 45 yeah. minutes. Hold yeah. on. That, that's one reason why I will, when I'm prepping for a game, I will download gigabytes worth of images relating to the game. And I just stick them in a folder, and that way I've got them if I need them. And then you do stuff for games, too. Yeah. <laughs> Three, I just do not it. have these, but I was thinking that something like, <laughs> like the Philips Hue light bulbs may be a great addition. Again, in the forest scene... You, go ahead. I, th- I thought, at first I'm like, oh, no way, no way. Philips and then I'm bulbs. like, wait, that could be fantastic. Mood lighting is great, Right. I'm editing myself right now, just Me so you too. know. I really, I have, there's, there's a lot of thoughts. Like a 12-year-old. Yeah. Like because yeah. my first thought is, okay, a light bulb you can control with your phone. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. That would be awesome. But yeah. then, if you think about yeah. changing it. Right? right? Come on. It's, you imagine it would work in here because you don't have any outside. Yes. I have big, like, balcony glass door. Black construction paper. And... Big, 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 you know, <laughs> like foil. picture window <laughs> right next to crackhead the, the gaming table where, you know, and we're looking out over the harbor. Right. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's like, I'll tell you this. If we're playing vampire or even a murder mystery thing and everything gets to a point where we're all like, you know, and everything goes black and there's a red light coming down from your head and you say, and he looks at you and says, you have failed me. <laughs> we will piss ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> And you can do that with the touch of a phone. If you set right. that up ahead of time, it'd be like, oh my God, you've just taken this into theater. I'm, I'm just, I'm, it doesn't have to be that dramatic, but it can easily, easily do that. If you're, if you're playing a, a ship game and suddenly you're at storm, a lot of the lights could blink, things could go black. <laughs> it's and a like, dark I was just going to say monster lighting. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. universal monster. Now, technology being what it is right now, that's not, a, that's not hard to do. No. Okay. Three. 
I do not have these, but I was thinking that something like the Philips Hue lights might be a great addition. Again, with the forest scene, you could have the setting where the, the lighting does a subtle green, and then the fire dragon cave, a warmer orange hue. <laughs> Hope this mail wasn't too long. P.S. Love the show. Oh, and I'm done. Oh, that's it. That's, that's it. the end of the picture. It's fantastic. Yeah, I think we. I think we. I, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm thinking as technology and uh, phones collide uh, that yeah. that's the internet be more of the things norm. it's called the internet of things so we're going to be more the norm yep. the i'm waiting i'm waiting for the connected flask right <laughs> i'm i'm looking at the time <laughs> i don't actually yeah. have to leave my house to do anything sure oh wait that's retirement right <laughs> uh, and also thank you Thank you for emailing us from yeah, South Africa. Yes, that's you awesome. also have completed the the seven piece puzzle. Dude, you have now you now have world domination, Stu. How's that that's feel? Awesome. It feels great. Now we need someone from orbit to listen to the podcast. <laughs> so we need to get somebody who's on. <laughs> you are just not satisfied. And there's only like four yeah. or five people up there. You are right? just right. not satisfied. No, always expanding. They uh, they said Atlantis. Expand. Oh, yeah. Atlantis. 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 Do they have internet connectivity in Atlantis? I don't think they do. I think they're well well beyond us. Are they? Are they they behind? I think they're. I'm still stuck on the people in orbit. Because you know they're bored. advanced that it looks like magic. It could be. It's science, but it looks like magic. If it was magic and they were advanced, they wouldn't have let their town sink. I mean, maybe seriously. They're hiding from Could, us. Couldn't they just make dikes or walls or whatever? What maybe, the they, maybe they were like, yeah, F this, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Deuces. A request for some GURPS advice. Okay. I got it. From Penguin. <clears throat> the Penguin <laughs> GM here. Might as well give myself a handle. Yeah. First time writer, long time GM, but have been slogging through the backlog for a while now. On the YouTubes that start at about season 10. Aha. But as the name implies, I need some help with GURPS. Yeah! Wait for the yeah. <laughs> the chat room, they're not happy with you at the moment. Why? What'd I do? You just yelled really loudly into our very sensitive <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't. I, the guy mentioned GURPS. Yeah. The main question yeah! is... That was better. Should I put my hand over That's it? That's good. You, you owed him. <laughs> the main question is, do you need more books than a few setting books and the two basic sets? I am looking at the system due to buying the horror setting and was delighted at how well written the book was. Yes, it's a fantastically written book. It's uh, Kenny Height wrote it. King Kenneth Height. Kenneth Height. Who's a master of, of horror and such. Sweet. The horror book not only gives descriptions on fear, templates of monster on each type of fear, clowns, disease, madness, etc., and rules for each, but also a campaign framework. Not the full campaign, but ideas for it. I don't want to spoil the book. Spoilers. But I want to run both of these campaign ideas. And that is the thing. Can I get by with just the horror setting, the two basic sets? Or do I have to buy more? I am also looking through the the MOOC's website and getting resources for the game there. Excellent call. The MOOC. Mm -hmm. Um, Any advice for a first-time GM (coughs) GURPS, though I have heard good things about it on this podcast and off. I want to also know if people enjoy more of a low-point buy system like Normal New World of Darkness as it is more along the lines of noir. Detectives and reporters, waitresses and debt collectors against the occult. Mostly building monster tips. Any NPC creation pitfalls? What should the NPC point creation ratio be to the players equal to or so many points more than, etc.? Uh, P.S. I am not a big drinker, but enjoy a good beer that is not too bitter. Any ideas there? Um, we'll come back to that. 
uh, PPS, a good Game Master buddy gave me a great t-shirt idea. Gaming is life. Nice. It's not a bad shirt. Yeah, good shirt. Life is gaming. Three questions. Uh, first question, can you get by with horror in the basic sets? Yes. If you're playing in a modern setting, you want, might want to get uh, GURPS Low Tech. If you want people to be able to have like a, a, a pick of a large variety of stuff equipment... Otherwise, you can just use if if what look in is in the basic book looks like it'll satisfy your players. Just use that. If they want more, you can get low tech. It's got a lot of weapons in it, a lot of other stuff in it, <clears throat> up to tech level seven or eight, whatever they call it now, because um, it keeps advancing. Yes. But um, that might be helpful. But as far as any other setting book, no. I well, mean, the horror setting book is a fantastic book. Here's the cool. Here's the thing about setting books across all genres. Is that they make the GM's life a little easier? Oh, sure. Because it kind of cherry picks and adds to it. Mm-hmm. Yes, you don't need it, but if you're running a horror game, get it. Oh yeah, I would say oh. for for it's, running a horror game in GURPS, having the horror setting book is it's gonna, very it's going to compartmentalize and condense all the stuff that you're going to need right there yeah. in yep. one in, in charts. There is one more book he's going to have to have. Which oh yeah, the MOOC. How to be a GURPS GM. That? Yep. There you go. Go to the MOOC.net. MOOC.com. I agree. I love that horror um, book. <laughs> you can get it on uh, the Steve Jackson Warehouse Twenty Three. Warehouse Twenty Three. Yeah. E Twenty Three. E Twenty Three. Warehouse Twenty Three. Something like that. And it seems trite. Warehouse. Yeah. Warehouse Twenty Three. I think points to E Twenty Three, which is the, yeah. the online. Okay. But uh, I, just, I cannot stress highly enough how important having that book is. It seems trite to say because we, you know, people are like, "Don't tell me how to run a game." Don't tell me how to game. But, but he, the book brings he demystifies GURPS and really makes it simple for everybody. He pretty much just says, "This, is, wish, this is a really complex way of saying you rolled a hit." I wish that book existed when I started playing GURPS. Sure, I agree. Well, it was so hard. We would start playing, and the next session, hey, you yeah. know what? We did something wrong because I found <laughs> on this page, yeah. oh. Yeah. Okay, well, and, let's but, start doing that now. Which is not to say that GURPS is complicated. It's actually not. It's very, very intuitive in many ways. It's just that what Mook has done is he's distilled it down in a couple of sentences. Yeah, but it's got a lot of stuff. It does. It's got a lot of it stuff. Really and it, well, there are a lot of moving parts yeah. and dials and switches and yeah. things like that in GURPS. Now, his second question uh, about point-by ratios yeah. re- regarding NPCs, That's et a GURPS-specific. That's you, man. That's uh, I personally like a lower point game. It get, first off, it's easier for players to make characters if they have fewer points to spend. Yep. Yep. Suddenly, instead of having, and it gives them easier characters to play. Instead of having a list of twenty-five skills, they might have ten yeah. or twelve. You get analysis paralysis. A couple of advantages, maybe a boost in a stat or two. And you're done with your character creation. It can be so complicated building your character because there's so many choices. You don't know where to go. So my preference, especially depending, especially if you're running a horror game, you want lower well, point characters. I, agreed. Uh, yeah. And one of the one of the hallmarks of a horror game is <coughs> characters that are out of their depth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a critical point to a horror game. Mm-hmm. It's not. It, it it's the difference between Alien and Aliens. Yep. Both yeah. fun movies. Yeah. Alien, you have 50-point characters going up against one monster. You have very highly trained, very well-equipped 500-point characters going up against an army of monsters. Right. Two very different feels. And, and a very different game. Yeah. Uh, 
I also think And yet sh- Ripley's still the only person who survived <laughs> No, no, there's some of the Marines survived A few of them uh, uh, I, I also think you should start low because it gives your mm-hmm. players Someplace to go, something to reach for Skills to add to uh, yeah, a, thing, yeah. Absolutely. A, a goal to reach for yep. If you give them everything all at once, they're not there's nothing. There's no, nowhere to true. go. Now, his last last point, and this is a, a trap a lot of uh, GMs fall into with GURPS. What should the NPC point creation ratio be to players? Don't I ever was, ask that question again. I was told there would be no math. Uh, Never ask that question again. Give the NPCs the stats and the skills that you think they should have. Don't worry about building NPCs as right. player characters. The system is not meant for that. Uh, Just give them the stats. Don't pay attention to points. And, and this is the exact same advice that we give people in Savage Worlds. Don't build the characters based on oh. on point on your your bad guys based on points. Just give them what they need. Yeah, and go on your way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So an orc is an orc is an orc. There's no reason to build every individual <laughs> orc no. and figure out what their backstory. Don't was even and build how many one detailed orc. Just. Just say you've got a strength of twelve. Look at this, and and you can out of the box give them average and everything, and give them one thing that they're good at. Yeah, exactly. You're, and and that's plenty. And they they're still dangerous. This they're is archer dangerous. orc. This is sword orc. This is spear orc. Exactly. Done. Right. And then you can go on your way. Mm-hmm. And then you can, um, you know, give your 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 big special monsters something interesting about them. Um, you can do like Moot does and go find truly disturbing photographs. He, does. On the he has like a, he has like a whole file of them. <laughs> we were playing in his supernatural game, and he found the most disturbing photographs. <laughs> I would hate to see his image search right? history. <laughs> all of us are on all of us are on watch list because of what we look at. Like like today, I was going. What was I looking up? Something like serial murderers or something. Or uh, uh, yeah, I was trying to find the guy because I wanted to see if it tied him because he's the guy that built the murder mansion in like Baltimore. Remember he would oh, lure. Yeah. Oh yeah. In? Right. I was trying to remember the guy's name and I couldn't. And I'm like, does this tie in with the game? Uh, so How to build a murder mansion? And so I'm doing searches <laughs> and it wasn't coming up on anything. And I guarantee you, I ended up on somebody's watch list. Oh sure, which is yeah. funny. To me, but uh, I, I, somebody I know lived <laughs> a few blocks away from Alistair Crowley's house. Yeah. No, Anton LaVey. Oh, Anton LaVey. Oh, Sorry. no kidding. Yeah. I'd, be, I'd be a vampire. You'd I have no idea. Sorry, who that is. I meant Anton LaVey. That's no. fantastic. Yeah. No idea what that no, is. No, it was. <laughs> Big black Satanist. Victorian. That's pretty cool. Prominent. I was going to uh, say some of my best. Help with scared players from Gaz, the dungeon master. Who I'll wants to read this? One? One? Oh. No, I'm cool. Okay. Uh, hello, Stu and guests. Gaz, the dungeon master, again, and this is the second time I'm writing in for advice. But first, my name is not Gary. My name is Lex, like in Luther. I use Gaz as a writer's name I use to write board game reviews and my, on my gaming website. Um, dumbegamer.com D-U-M-E-E-G-A-M-E-R.com if you want to check it out. I like it. It's a little twist on Boz, which was uh, a Dickens gnome de plume when he was writing stuff that wasn't Dickens. Is he related to Baz Luhrmann? Ooh. Mm. Boz Luhrmann? Mm. Gaz Luhrmann? Ooh, I like the way this is going. No. Uh, that's <laughs> cleared out. That's what the next word we're going to say here. No, it is cleared out, and I hope you can help me with a DM problem I created. I'm a new DM for a small group of... Wait, can we just, like... Yes. New DM. 
I'm a GM. Yep. Thank you. Thank you for running games. Thank God. I'm a new DM for a small group of three, and I'm running into a problem with my players. Two of them are really passive players, and I have one active player who often takes the lead. He does it in a supportive way, not forcing any decisions on other players, uh, but takes the lead. Stu, did you write this? <laughs> no. I did not. Okay. This isn't your sock puppet account? No. Nope, okay. it is not. <laughs> My sock puppet is not named Lex or Gaz. <laughs> I will leave it to you to figure out what it is. <clears throat> this active player is the EVE online player. Uh, EVE is a massive multi-online where they all play uh, starships and stuff. It's a it's a really really immersive. That's the one that had like an economy crash and right. Yeah, it's based in Sweden. Yes, uh, online player, and I talked that I talked about in my last email. He also volunteers for the Red Cross, so he is a very prep-heavy player. He wants to know everything, wants to be prepared for everything, so he can lead the party into big treasure at the end of the rainbow without losing too many limbs. It's I good, win. But see, here's the cool. You know that about him. Yes. You've got him nailed. Mm-hmm. Now for the problem. I kind of scared the player with talks about all kinds of big monsters that can hurt them, the big lethal traps that are in the world, as well as all the other horrible things. And because this person wants to protect other people as much as he can, and the unknown is something he can't protect people from, he is talking the strate- uh, he's talking the strategic I have, and I have the upper hand in this location a little bit too far. For example, last session they arrived at a cursed bog. Oh, the cursed bog. <laughs> they can only... Oh, oh the cursed bog. Bog down, down in the valley, valley. oh. <laughs> oh my God. You guys are nerds! <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> In that bug, there was a. Sorry. Lynn. There was a hag. Hag, and limb, and limb, and tree, and tree, and the bug. And something will kill us all now. Sorry. I'm sorry, I got so. Okay. They arrived at a cursed bog that they could only leave by killing the hag that is somewhere in the forest. The hag can only be found if she wants to be found. And if the players stay, stay three days there looking for her or make them interesting for me, she will lead them all to her hut. While my players made themselves interesting at the end of the second day by bribing a wandering Etten, a ogre creature with two heads, yes. Um, by, I, he, he wrote that, I wasn't explaining. Uh, I promise, by promising one had shiny things at the end and the other had a fluffy soft thing at the end. Okay, that's really cool. I that's love that. Have, uh-huh. have opposite needs. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. After they convinced the ogre to smash the hag's house... Hold on a second. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry. After convincing the ogre to smash the hag's, hag's house and finding the trap door beneath the rubble that leads to the underground lair where they were encountering the hag... They tell me they want the Etten to join them in the fight. As I am a big fan of the Yes, and hence the new friendly Etten, there are some things that are not possible. Since the Hag's lair is about 30 feet underground, and they need to climb into the uh, basement hole to get there. Well, the player tells me that he will then wait for the Hag to come out, because he doesn't want to go down into the dark tunnel. But Heck no! <laughs> no way! Who would do that going down there? Who's going down there? She's down there. She's got the, no, I'm not going down there. Who? Someone might have something sharp down there. Right! <laughs> Why don't we just light it on fire? Right? But wants to wait outside right. then we'll for the hag to show up. fire and throw him down there. Yeah. Right. It doesn't fit. That's the problem. Uh, they'd wait outside then for the hag to show up because, well, they have an Anton and they want him to fight with them. I told them that if they wait too long, the hag might, the hag might lose interest, and they, uh, and they will not find her again. This is a unique chance, and he still won't budge. 
We left the session there because of the time constraints. I have no idea uh, what to do now. The easy solution would be that the end gets bored and leaves them or tax them because he didn't get his shiny or fluffy. But the, then he feel that feels too much like a cop out and makes their great performance getting the Enten to join them yep. a little bit of a waste. But you gave him to him. But letting the Hag get out of the hole to be smashed by Jet and Enten is also not something that the Hag would do because even though the Hag is a monster, she's still smart enough to not go against party plus Enten. And well, this is not the first time this has happened. The player doesn't take hooks, hints wander off the path because uh, I made the world too dangerous in his mind and talked uh, uh, and talked him outside of the game to explain to him that it's not my sole purpose to kill him and the party, but it is for them to have a good time and he still is extremely careful place, he has still takes a extremely careful play style and doesn't take risks t or takes plots or hooks. Uh, is there anything I can do except uh, do except the crappy method if you don't go into the whole cave, ruin, whatever, the horrible creatures slash evil soldiers, whatever catches you? I hope that you can help me. And keep up the good work. Love the show. Best RPG podcast I know. And all the random banter is great. Oh, thank you. 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 Thank I... Greetings. Oh, go ahead. Gaz, the DM. P.S. Stu, thanks again for telling me on Twitter where I can find the songs from the Angry Folk Band. And where is that, Stu? Uh, iTunes. Okay. <laughs> or Google Play. <laughs> Excellent. Or Amazon Music. Good to know. MP3 store or yep. whatever it's called. Yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere. We're all fine e-tailers. Music is sold. E-tailers. PPS, I recently discovered the Poxy Bogger songs, and man, are they good, so let's go take a good chip Venus and have a great time. I... I don't think this player has done anything wrong, and this happens to me all the time. <laughs> I come up with, here's my set-piece combat. Windy Doors is a perfect example. I, Absolutely. I, I, have, I have designed the map for Windy Doors' palatial estate, where he is holding a cotillion. Mm -hmm. And the party oh, the is invited table. to come there. And I have the whole map ready, and the first thing the players say is, well, there's no way we're going to go to him. Right. <laughs> we're going to have to get him to come here. So we're going to come up with this elaborate way to get him to come here because we're not going to fight him on his home turf. In our vampire game. But let's bring him to us. Let's not go to him. Right. Because so why would you do that? You are never going to get the player to go down that hole. I, cause, because you know what? Well, it's a dumb idea to yes, go down that hole. It's a bad idea to go down the hole. <laughs> so what you do then is you bring the hag... Out because she got a back door out the left, exactly. And she come around the other way, exactly. Or and goes after the party while the Etten's sitting there over yeah. the hole with a right. giant club. That's exactly right. Right. <laughs> right. You tell the you tell the Etten smash the first thing that comes up out of the hole. When, when I nod Meanwhile, my head, you <laughs> get it. Right. You stay here and make sure he doesn't leave. Right. What are you doing? Stay I'll go here with you. Make sure I don't leave. Because right. no. both Ettons are not very sharp. So when you say, when I nod my head, you hit it. Okay. <laughs> it's it's yeah, going to stand there. Give, give her another exit and have, have him fight. Or make her more powerful so that she's a match for the Etten and the party. Or she heard all the commotion of them smashing her hut. Right. Overhead, so she knows there's something going on. So she's probably going to lead with something that is not her poking her noggin out of the hole. Sure. Right. You know, crawl up the hole. I'm five feet under the hole. Fireball! 
Exactly, right. <laughs> Someone swamp creatures, anything. Anything. You know, horns of mosquitoes, yeah, anything. You know, dogs and cats living together. Here, here's what I would if say. If they won't go to the fight, bring the fight to I, them. I would yeah. say that they have, have well and truly trapped her. Because even though she can appear and disappear at will, I would say that, that there's sort of a sneaking element. A back door is good. Uh, or she could try to get out the front, either invisible or uh, teleport. But she's, she's well and truly trapped in this hole. You have to honor that. I think by not honoring that, that's what you're worried about. You're worried about dicking your players out, saying, well, you guys spent all this time and nope. If you really, really wanted to make their lives interesting, have her polymorph into something that looks harmless, like, oh, I don't know. A bunny. A, a teenage girl <laughs> who comes up and says, help me, the hag had me trapped down there, I just managed to escape. God, you're a bastard. Oh, that's an awesome I idea. <laughs> but we, none of us, none <laughs> of us would trust it. You know, a I, bunny would work? I got, yeah. the, 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 you're talking about work. the trust thing. When I was running the kids game, they were fighting lizard men. So every time they're going to live with many toxins like this. That's right? Awesome. And That's very good, too. Thank yeah. you. And, and they met several of them, and they, they, they fought a few of them. And then they, when they got to the prison area where they were keeping the villagers, the one drops his sword and basically gives up. So they let him leave as long as he doesn't have his weapon. So he leaves. They thought of that, by the way. Like, it was like they, were, they didn't just let him leave. They're like, okay, we'll let him leave as long as he leaves his weapons here. There's like... Good job. These are like five to seven year olds. I was like, right. Well, they oh. killed enough things, and now they're like, this is they're okay. Knocked out. You don't so, kill things oh, in the system. Right. You knock yeah. them out. Fair enough. Right. So, so then when they're opening up all the jail cells, one of the jail cells has a lizard man in it who was against the invasion and the kidnapping of the villagers. So they jailed him. So, okay. right off the. So, so, he's, so he tells them the whole story, and the little girl goes, I don't trust him. <laughs> <laughs> and they had this. Big conundrum. They probably talked for like five minutes trying to figure out what are we going to do with him? Are we going to take him with us? Are we going to leave him here? We don't want to give him any weapons, but we don't know who this that's guy awesome. is. We're not sure. And then, it only took five minutes? I'd like to say that's well, cute, but we spend like an hour and a half doing right, that. But, yeah, but these are kids. <laughs> these are kids. That's Have you awesome. ever like had a five-year-old focus on the same thing yeah. in a conversation that's for five minutes? Fair that's enough. Kind of fair enough. They resolved it in five minutes. They're better than we are. Yeah. <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah. I, I like that he said he, he had a conversation with the uh, player and told him, it's not my sole purpose to kill you. <laughs> you right. so it's, like, it's just like on the list somewhere. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know what your deal is. I also like the fact have. that he yeah. spelled it S-O-U-L. Yeah. So it's the purpose of his soul. To yeah. <laughs> English may not yeah. be his first language. We can't. We can't no, I, no I just mean I thought it was cool. It's not my sole purpose. It's like, my down. My sole purpose. It's not my sole purpose. Yeah. Not the Who's next? Is back to me? Who's not next? The only reason I'm rolling uh, these Gina's dice. Yeah. Oh, Gina from Huntington oh, Beach. Gotcha. Who, who's you? Who's, oh, was who's this the one with the beer question? Which or did we like? Are we six no, minutes past there yet. the beer question? No. no, there was a beer question already. And we were, there was a beer question. It was probably um, the previous. He was email. looking for. He doesn't want stuff bitter. Doesn't want oh. stuff bitter. Oh yeah. Anything all malty, the, you'll be fine. Or Pilsner. Malty all, all, or like a blonde ale. A, lo- a, a lager or blonde. Stay away from anything with IPA in it. A half. A shandy. A, beer. a shandy. I'm burned out on IPAs myself. I'm going with Pilsners and things with like Reds, uh, Belgians. Oh, red. Red would uh, be good. They're they're less bitter. Uh, there's yep. hint of hops and stuff. It's all fine. But yeah. some of those IPAs can be so you know, like you drink it and you feel like like arse face from uh, Hellblazer. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know who I'm talking about, go look it up. It's oh, quite sure. the image. Cool. Uh, Gaming Horse Story Averted from Alex in Huntington Beach. Excellent. Greetings, Hendrik Vanderstu. 
and the crew of the Flying Douchemen. How do they come up with these? It's awesome. I don't know. They're it's awesome. Because really they're really creative. Yeah. yeah. We have amazing listeners. I know and you watchers get now. The Flying Douchemen. Yeah. I'm s- we, we, God, we need to have a band. The Flying, flying Douchemen. Uh, that would be good. I know you guys are fans of hardcore history. Uh, this is going to be bad for me. Yes. So here's my challenge to you. Read this email in Dan Carlin voice. Dan Carlin. Okay. Dan Carlin. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll coach you. Take a drink. First off, am I going to get notes? The thing with Dan Carlin is yes. you need to sort of talk like you're revealing a big secret. Okay. I'm going to let you in right now okay. on how you sound oh, really? like Dan Carlin. Okay. <laughs> the mic is really First close, off, so he's able to... Yeah. Oh, he's got I, fantastic I'd audio. I'd like to begin the email <laughs> with a fuck you. <laughs> what? He said that. Let me clarify. In my last email, sent almost two years ago... Wow. I praised the Happy Jacks podcast for providing me with. I can't do this. Yeah, it's really fine. slow. Yeah, um, <laughs> I can do slow. it, but slow. Providing me with <laughs> that was hard to switch now. <laughs> uh, with the co- with content to listen to whilst studying for some law school finals. What? I love that. See, we Americans don't use that. Anymore. I failed two exams. Oh, oh, presumably, oh shoot! I'm sorry. Here he was. Sorry. <laughs> Oops. Presumably, you filled my head with helpful gaming advice, replacing the much-needed legal theorems. No, 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 no! no. That You're listening I to us. I should have memorized <laughs> legal theorems. Yes. I learned to do much better in school once I realized that RPG podcasts and textbooks don't mix. Or at least Happy Jacks and knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, now that I've unfairly and untimely blamed you for my poor grades, I shall move on with the purpose of this email. That's fine. We all have poor grades as well, too. It's, it's fine. I did okay. I did okay. I did, too. That was it was just, just only you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> just you. You're an artist. It's all right. Yeah. Hey. Oh. Hey. Oh. I was an art major in college. Yeah, but you changed uh, your mind and got oh, good grades. Go. <laughs> well, no, I was just... Never mind. Uh, to share the recent time, I dodged a gaming horror story. Disclaimer, this story contains unseemly characters whose names have been changed as a courtesy to their disappeared parents. Disappointed Disappointed parents? parents. This guy's definitely (laughs) a lawyer. Disappointed parents. Recently, a few of our longtime gaming friends have moved out of state, leaving some holes in our Shadowrun uh, group that need to be filled. I turned to the internet. Because, like, that's what you do nowadays. And it's Shadowrun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having heard the horrible stories of shitbag GMs, webcam masturbators, and cheeseburger fuckers that have been provided by the Happy Jacks fan base. Oh, my. <laughs> well, the, no. It kind you of see? This kind of sounds like, yeah. I, uh, well, <laughs> let's go with it. Cautionary yeah. tales. Anyway, yes. I decided that maybe I should meet... Uh, any online recruits in public before inviting them to my friend's apartment. Right, you know what? Right then Good and plan. there. Good plan, sir. We averted the murder kit. Wow. <laughs> so smart. I wish yep. I'd done that. <laughs> the group and I arranged to meet an internet person named Rick at a local diner. Before heading out, Rick texted me saying, let me know an hour before you head out to the diner. I'm on rollerblades, and that's how long it'll take me to get there. Red flag number one. Okay, to be fair, it is California. It's Huntington Beach. It is, All right, it's just it's just like a 
Okay. Yeah. To if my mind, I'm like, was, if it was only uh, that, it would have been like. If you're in Minnesota in okay, October dude. on rollerblades, that's that's like you know. All right, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> no, that's, no. that's where rollerblades come from because it's like the inline like hockey off season. Yeah. So there you go. Did you say? Oh, you said hockey. I that's not oh, what I heard. Like oh, yeah. I don't know what the you word said. You cocky. said cocky. It sounded like you said cocky. I did. You that's meant to say hockey, but you did. Say no, cocky. I did say <laughs> hockey, dude. What is with my speech lately? Some Why? old bitty at work. Just don't say big black cloth. I think I must be. <laughs> It'll come was out telling wrong. me how to say the word wide. She kept going duh, duh. Put the d- put the tongue you on just the roof. Did I know? That's what I said. Okay, that's but, not appropriate for anyone, but like a right? K through second grade. I teacher. was I was gobsmacked. I was like, <laughs> nice word. Did you it's a right. great word. All right. Tell yeah, I was dirty in the gob. Yes. I think I talked too fast. Tomato? Did you get a belt that's in the gob? Yeah. To, okay. Red flag number so one. Skating, roller blading. Roller blading. Roller blading. Rick. Roller skating. That would have been cocky. cutting him off. Right then. Yeah. I don't know if, he, if he's on quads, we're done. We're done. It's right. yeah. game over, man. With the dolphin shorts. <laughs> Depending on the game you're running, it's kind of oh, like hot. what's his name in? Uh, oh, what's that movie? The. Were they uh, no the I'd love Dolphin Reno nine one one Reno nine one one the dude and, and he just, Diggler. oh I'm just I'm just no not Diggler no no the guy they yeah. always catch who's wearing like the oh. dolphin shorts and he's on roller skates I thought you were talking about the bike oh my the, god the, the bike the, police the officer episode Dolphin. when he goes and buys cowboy boots and his little shorts on his bike <laughs> yeah. oh my god. Awesome. Oh my god! It was amazing. Like our stream is slow for some reason. Uh-huh. I, I apologize to the people who are. It's saying it's fixing itself. The people it should be. Say it's fixed. Okay, good. All right. Or it still says cool. it's bad here, but I, I did what it said to do, and it cool. should be fixed. So, so we have learning red flag number one. Uh, I told the group that we ought to have a safe word. In case Rick turned out to be awful. Genius. Right? Genius. <laughs> That's super smart. All right. Naturally, we chose the horrendous game system we all hate as our safe word. Oh. Palladium Rift. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm detecting a rift. Is uh, it a rift? Yeah. Uh, uh, is there a rift in the conversation? No. <laughs> Still, I've really been I wanting to run a rift game. I <laughs> You think we could do like Tuesday? Sure. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, I'm. Glad you don't have to read the rule book. That if, night. if Ray, a lady in pay. I'm busy. If Ray, a lady in pay. <laughs> if during the interview with Rick, any one of us started talking about wanting to run a rifts game, <laughs> would do that we knew that speed. they were covertly exercising their veto power over this new player. Nice. That is the lawyer. Yes. That is genius. I, yep. I want everybody to do this, including ourselves. <laughs> yes. We sit down for dinner, and I see Rick for the first time. He's got a long, nastily matted ponytail. Wait a minute. And a back. Wait, wait, wait. Though, and a backpack full of unsorted computer parts. Wait a moment. That he claimed to have purchased. Well, yeah, I got money. Red flag number two. <laughs> he plops down wordlessly at our table. Red flag number three. Smelling like she didn't say because he just did rollerblade there. Well, he didn't yes. use the term plop. True. Uh-huh. Fair enough. After a few awkward introductions, Rick takes over the conversation saying, Let me tell you a story about who I am as a player. <laughs> yeah. This guy's awesome. And after I tell you this story, 
You're either going to love me or you are going to hate me. <laughs> Red flag number four. Dirk, do you own rollerblades? I, I don't even yeah. know how to stand up. Okay. <laughs> Stork looks great in dolphin shorts. Okay. I just, let me just say. <laughs> very attractive man. That's awesome. <laughs> You're a very attractive man, man, Mr. Garrison. Uh, I'm going to come look you up when I get out. <laughs> I don't know why I just pictured that movie Foxes. With like Sherry Curry, and right? Because they're all they yeah, put and the, they got those wedge. Uh, yeah, so there they, you go, Star. They do put the doll in dolphin. Yeah, and the wedge and the wedge in dolphin shorts. In dolphin shorts, <laughs> yeah. Rick's story involved him arriving at a Pathfinder game for the first time and demanding to the GM that Rick have the opportunity to play himself in the game. Does Rick refer to Rick's self in the third person? Maybe. <laughs> Rick should. Rick should. <laughs> I, I do give Rick credit for not saying he plays with himself in the game. Oh, is that my Palladium Rifts right now? Yeah. That, that, did I hear? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's 2016 we're talking, Rick we're talking about here. Lost in time and finding himself in a medieval setting. The GM <laughs> begrudgingly agreed. A douchebag in King Arthur's That's court. awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. This is my favorite player ever. Uh, we, yes, it is your favorite player ever. This is the story he's telling proudly. Yeah. All right, let me tell you this great story. We Rick does not Rick. play a character other than Rick. <laughs> he's like the dude. Only he's Rick. I'm the dude. You can't say Rick without saying ick. We, <laughs> he puts the ick in Rick. He really does. <laughs> We asked Rick if this was a good idea, seeing as how he's he'd presumably be underpowered next to all these actual fantasy heroes. Rick pulled a harmonica out of his side holster, holster, and said, "I'm a real life bard." Okay, he's a harmonica player with a holster. Slow yeah. clap. He awesome. Also said that 2016 Rick has real life knife skills. We, oh, we asked him. We can him, cut you with a knife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we asked him if he had a knife, and he said, "Well, yeah." Red flag number five. I always come armed to games. <laughs> Does everyone? No, no. Yeah. Really? No. I, I, I don't really. I, I really like rollerblading with a knife because yeah. when I wipe out, it just makes the accident <laughs> that much more interesting. Yeah, it's cutting edge, man. And then just play the, the harmonica while yeah. you're in the ambulance. Yeah. It's just wedged in your throat. According to Rick, the Pathfinder group was impressed with his antics. Oh, were they? Yes. Or shot? Well, yeah. Yeah. Twenty-six. What do you guys Rick think? Is impressive. The GM and owner of the house. Not so much. Because Rick engaged in behaviors that seemed kind of burglary. Okay, so this, <laughs> this is Rick actually yeah. owning up to this, Rick is right? telling yeah. this. Right. Yeah. Okay. Rick is telling right. Rick's this own is, story. This is Rick's selling point. <laughs> Rick told us he was constipated the night of the game and had to get up to use the bathroom, or not, apparently, about ten times. Uh, in one instance, Rick got distracted by the homeowner's cat and chased him around the living room. Much Which, if you're to, constipated, it's a bad idea to begin yeah. with. <laughs> Much to the GM's bewilderment. On another instance, Rick ran out of toilet paper and began rummaging through the GM's drawers. Also much to the GM's bewilderment. <laughs> Finally, Rick had accidentally engaged the bathroom lock before closing it from the outside so that no one could enter. I bet you he had a serious issue that night with his bowel movements. I and he closed, closed it because yeah. it was out of shame. 
I think he put Rick was ashamed. Fay world. What twenty somethings ever constipated? I mean, Susan, yeah. unless you're on like opiates or whatever. Who the hell? Yeah. Well, what? yeah. Oh. <laughs> the game wrapped That's up. That's right. Yeah, maybe he's like rocking some codeine. There it yep. is. Or worse. Uh, game wrapped up, and afterwards, Rick got a text from the GM. Rick showed us the conversation, and I was horrified. Rick, Rick just showed him. Look, I <laughs> yeah. saved it. Here, check He's, it out. Check out what a bunch of a douchebag I am. 2016 Rick is proud, Stuart. Oh Come on. Oh, my God. Uh, it went something like this. GM, 1045. Rick, I'm sorry, but after tonight, I don't think I can trust you in my house. <laughs> I really? Hope you, I hope you understand, and good luck finding a new group. Yeah. Rick, 1050. Wow, that's surprising, but I get it. <laughs> That's surprising, <laughs> but, I but I completely understand. <laughs> and no, and nowhere in there is like I'm billing you for the locksmith to get into my own effing bathroom. I know, douchebag. GM, eleven o'clock. Thanks for understanding. Rick then sent the GM six multi-paragraph-long, rambling, psycho ex-girlfriend-style texts. Awesome. Over the course, I love all the descriptives there. Yes. Over the course of the next few days, which included unsolicited phone numbers to Rick's character references, who could vouch for Rick's integrity. Okay, this is all stuff he's probably showing. I still I can't know. get over that. This yeah. is him showing him. Look, look, yeah. and here I have all these rambling psycho people that I'm going to back me up. No. Oh, I would imagine by this time it's the he's getting this information from the GM. Well, okay. No, I think, no, I think, I think Rick is showing him. Yeah. I think Rick is him. showing him this. Yeah. Because you're either going to love say. him, Stork, or you're going to hate him. Well, or be terrified. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. At this point, I was terrified. Right. Who was sitting a little too close to me in the diner booth. Rick leaned in and told us how he was going to get back in the GM's good graces. The first step of Rick's plan is to have his friend, uh, have his friend's show up at the GM's house unannounced. Okay, that always works. Yeah, yeah. nobody's going to get shot. No. no. <laughs> and describe to GM why Rick is such a good guy. The second stage of Rick's plan, well, this is when things go from what the fuck to full-blown batshit. Mm-hmm. Now we're going there. Yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. before. Now. We haven't gotten yeah. there yet. Everything else is sane. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all Rick sane. Comparatively. <laughs> Rick sane. <laughs> That's a new thing. The Rick sane. Rick intends to show up at the GM's house on the day of his game and play his harmonica outside on the sidewalk as a form of protest. Yeah! Rick described this as, I'm protesting you. Is it going so to be like, like John Cusack with the big boombox? Yeah. Like, like in your eyes? Is he going to stand out there playing harmonica? Like, yeah. you know, from... No, from kind of cute. I gave her my... No! Card. She gave me a pen. <laughs> <laughs> what, what exactly. Was that? that was... Uh, say anything. Say anything. Yeah. yeah. I... Hey, Rick. <laughs> I'm protesting you so that you will learn to be my friend. <laughs> Rick believes the other players, having recognized Rick and his enjoyable antics from the previous game, will come out and join in his protest. GM. I would. I would join him. Well, you I would. Stand next to I would. You're a yes. You're like, I want to see what the hell yes. is going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You will rain chaos down upon yes. us just to see what happens. I would like to have a whole table of bricks. Simon <laughs> says, says Rick is a master level punker. Jam uh, would thus have no choice but to let Rick play. Of course. I've long since stopped counting the red flags. At this point, I blurted out, Riffs! 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 I mean, I think I'm thinking about running an online Palladium Rifts game. <laughs> I can't believe no one else has said that so far. Right. I, I think they're all just like. I know. 
After dinner, I blocked Rick's number and deleted the account from the website I used to find him so that he couldn't track me down on his rollerblades and introduce <laughs> me to his real-life knife skills. In your eyes. <laughs> in your, I can so totally see it outside your house. What is, yeah. is that? Is that Peter Gabriel playing? <laughs> what the? Yeah. He's holding his iPhone up. Oh. The, moral of, the moral of the story is <laughs> screen any new recruits. The moral of the story. Here, yeah, you do it. Is screen any new recruits before letting them into before. your game. Horror stories are real. And they are caused by everyday psychos like Rick. There's everyday psychos, not just... As you can imagine, my friend's Shadowrun group needs new non-murderous players... <laughs> If you live in the Southern California area and want to join a weekly group of Shadowrunners in a narrative-rich, character-focused campaign, feel free to check out Cousin Ned's post on the Happy Jacks forum page. We meet every Sunday from 1 to 7 p.m. in Huntington Beach. This is just a long, protracted story to get people to join us. If you decide you want to check it out, there's no commitments, and dinner's on me. Thanks for the shout-out, and keep on douching. All right, dude, you can't just use us as a conduit for you to get players through the game. That ain't right. That ain't right. Although, it's a good horror story, so. Now, we know the safe word now, though. So there's going to be a... Riffs! I think the safe word should be fatal. It should be which? Fatal. Fatal. Yeah. I'm there. Riffs is the go, Oh, it's my favorite game. Rick loves the, Fatal. Rick, yeah. The Rick loves the Fatal. <laughs> the Rick loves I have my fatal. own caliber. Rick, the has, Rick has, his has own calibers. calibers. My new favorite oh. thing is Rick Sane. <laughs> right? I, yeah, no. He's and Rick they, Sane. They were saying Temujin says Rick needs to start taking his lithium again. <laughs> or Ridlin. Yeah. Or both. Yeah. That's, or, uh, yeah. yeah, you know what? I applaud you for the screening process because yeah. I don't think we no, ever brought that brilliant. up. Before. We've always said things like, ah, try it. You know, you know, well, you know what? Um, uh, Dave mentioned the fact that when they used to get new players, because they, they, at the time, one of them lived near Game Empire. Yes. I know who that is. And they would happened. go, they would meet at Game Empire, play a session there at the tables there because cause the guy that runs Game Empire is kind of enough to have. Is, Ton of tables uh-huh. there. Right. You can go in, and there's almost except on on Warhammer night. There's almost always free tables. Right. Pick a table up, get your group there, start playing. If you find out the guy is you know a Rick, a Dingleberry, you can just say you know. And they, and they said that they wouldn't let anybody know where they live. They were like, "Wow, oh, this yeah. is great. Bye." And then yeah, neutral just, territory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and That's the question it, it, why there's no Warhammer games played at Strategic on. There, I'm sure there, there, there are. are. Yeah. There's, there's a whole room set aside. Oh for, well, all right. That's why we're not allowed in the house. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're downstairs. <laughs> oh, are they in the basement? In the Hags Hole. That makes sense. Uh, actually, no, actually, no. no. They're across from the Adventures Guild room. is in the basement. Oh, yeah. I heard they're across from the dealers' room. Okay. Wow, Pathfinder Society looked really small this year. Did you guys notice? No, I did not. The I went in there. They had three tables set up. One table of players, and this was after, afternoon, afternoon Saturday. So this is a prime time. Mm. Do you think each table was a different adventure? So they were just no. They had a, they had a room, and there were three tables in it, but there was only one table mm. of players. I have a feeling that fifth edition came out, and it put a hurt on Pathfinder. Mm. That's my guess. Mm. Because Pathfinder, Pathfinder Path or. Uh, Adventures Guild was down in the basement, and I talked to someone who had shown—I don't remember who it was—who had shown up to play Pathfinder. Went to Pathfinder's Society, and there's like 
only like one table being run, so he went back down back downstairs and decided to play the other one instead. Somebody made us a meme in the chat room. What is that? It says, "Do you want this to read is it? Rick? Yeah. yeah, this is Rick. Rick plays the harmonica. Mm-hmm. Rick I, doesn't poop. They're pulling it up in front of the yeah. camera. <coughs> Which camera? That oh, one right there. Next to you. I think okay. I've got a close up of her. Oh, I don't have one of her. It, this one? Yeah, that one. No. No. Here, here no. I'll do it real quick. Ooh, don't be a Rick. It has, to, it has like to be Kimmy's. Here, I'll do it. Here, That's we'll, awesome. Hold this up right here. Yeah. Okay. There you go. There's one for Stork. There we go. Wait. No, no hold, hold it low. Hold it. No, in front oh, of you. Oh, like in front of you. Uh, you can't it see it. It's just a white blob. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's adorable. We've we'll learned. Post it. We'll yeah, post, post it on the uh This is Rick. Rick plays harmonica. Rick doesn't poop. Don't be Rick. <laughs> and it has a little stick figure with the little hat stick on. Stick figure. Here, I'll take a picture. Dude, of Wait, where's this rollerblades? I want to. Uh, hey, listen. The guy yeah. whipped it out like no, while we were talking. No, that's amazing. Like literally gosh. whipped it out while we were talking. Yeah. yeah. Just the tip. <laughs> Just the tip. All right. <laughs> Thank you. And Tina brings it all back around. Like that. What's it? That's, that's it. Really? That's, that's it for season seventeen. I feel like we need to play a game now. We're like, I'm sitting on a table. I'm like, I'm ready to go. It's the week. It's Friday night. We got Saturday. We got nothing I know. to do. I just the, have the, to the problem up. is, I don't have my soundboard, so I can't play. We're listeners of Happy Jacks RPG. I don't know what to do. Well, I think you can go to the Googles and they can listen to the Russian Imperial March and then sing along themselves. They could do that. It's funny because I was listening to I don't know NPR or something, you know, and and the Russian Imperial March came up, and what do I hear? We're listeners oh, in my head. Couldn't we were, help but hear it. We were uh, shadow conning at the bar con, and some they were playing Night Witches, and you got to stand and do the the oath. And we were trying to play the Russian national anthem, which is always Happy Jacks to me now. Yes, yes. So yeah, like it's not. It's, it's not the words but. are not right. Yep. Yeah, unless they're that. I don't text. even know the words to it. I've only heard it in Russian. It is. I've only heard it in Russian. I've never heard. I've never heard a translation of it. I'm Zach, sure it exists. Zach from SD, which. San Diego, South Dakota. I feel like we've got school at some SD. point. San Diego, uh, San Diego, South uh, Denmark. Said next time Dan for Dar- Dan San Carlin, Dimas, I still you, say San you have to go really fast for San no Dimas. reason. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes he talks really fast. Really quickly. <laughs> and that? then he'll slow down. Oh yes, he does. When he gets to the major point. See, the thing is, people. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's a little bit like Kirk. Like, that's what that's, that's what he said. Is that his, doing a William Shatner? Yeah, I mean, Dan Carlin or William Shatner? Texas, <laughs> I mean, San Diego. He's a fantastic. That's what I thought. Fantastic speaker and a fantastic storyteller, though. Yeah. Dan Carlin. Oh, oh yeah. I was like Shatner. Hell yeah. <laughs> Dan Carlin's just fantastic. All right. That's awesome. Uh, okay, that's it. Uh, Thank you for doing all this work. I thought it was fun. <laughs> no, it's a lot of work, wasn't it? I can't wait to hear how the actual plays sound. Because we're going to wear these well, same mics for the actual That's plays. awesome. It's gonna, well, yeah. maybe well, people in the chat room are they want to at the moment. Yeah. What they happened? Want a, they want a bleeding ear emoticon. Yeah. Is, are we really loud again? This, this, no, not at this particular moment. This is something that's been said through different times. Yeah. And, and the well, weird thing about I, actual... I've been slowly... See where, the, see where the slider is for the audio? Yeah. It started out all the way up. Uh, and I was bouncing it like minus, minus 2 dB. But now we're bouncing it like thir- minus 13 dB. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why it would sound loud now at all. It should sound no, on, they're not kind of on the quiet right side. Yeah. yeah, we're figuring it out. Yeah, it's, it's test. And I won't, it was I won't move test, it. Just the first step. It's the prototype. Yes. The prototype. It's going to suck though because I can't whisper like. 
to people with the mic on because it's all well, going to be Well, but they're going to hear it. Yes. yes. You can whisper to them. Although audience. we also use Slack. No more secret brands. You can use Slack. Secret brands. Technology. Technology. It's not a storkism. That was a tapiism. That's funny. You can use Slack. Okay. We're going to try to put a fourth camera at some point if we have time oh, nice. and someone gets it. Yeah. Pointing down. We're, you're all, we're all looking up. Here's your food. Uh, <laughs> food I know. That's where the camera is. It'll point down so if yeah. your battle mat's so, out, yeah. you can just see you'll the battle mat. Battle mat. Yeah. That'll be the next thing. No, now, the I should say... It's a tactical view of the wine spill. Yes. Yes. And yeah, there will, will be many. There will be many. Um, the, the, the actual plays aren't going to be on YouTube. We're going to mm-hmm. put those on Twitch. Yes. There's a Happy Jack's RPG... Live? RPG Live, yes. Happy Jack's RPG Live is the channel on Twitch that we're going to use for the actual plays. We're going to keep the podcast on ha- on YouTube Live. And it, I don't know if anyone has noticed, but this is no longer on my personal account. This is now on um, Happy Jack's RPG on YouTube. Yes. Which I, apparently there was some confusion, which I'll need to figure out. But I support that. Uh, of my favorite, so you think you can dance, dancers, uh, Twitch was my favorite. So having him support it and, and, so, and host it is going to be awesome. I don't know. I, think it's I, don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. Ever. I don't know that reference at all. Sorry. You guys need to watch more television. You guys need to be unemployed more. I don't need to watch more television. No. You need to be unemployed more and watch <coughs> more television. I watch an enormous amount. All of life's problems are solved in television in half an hour and well, tied up in a little bit. I don't know if we watch too much television, but we're finicky about what we watch. You? Guys? Yeah. Really? I watch no. trash TV. I don't know what anybody's talking about. Reality shows are the best. Yeah. Shetland. I've never, I, I can't stand Shetland. reality shows. No, no, that's a good show. I, uh, l- last night I, I watched JFK again. Too. I love that movie. It's really so good. good. Which one? JFK. All right. So, like, we're really just going to keep talking until mm-hmm. someone starts singing. Well, this is it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining mm-hmm. us for Season 17, Episode mm-hmm. four, 15 of Happy Jacks Over yeah. Podcast. Don't correct me. <laughs> My name is Stu. Stork. Yeah. This is Gina. I'm Kimmy. Thank you very much. And we'll leave you with a song.
preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.